What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the UGA Sports.com postgame overreaction show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry. Riding the Bulls, he's in Lexington, Kentucky, so we've got the next best thing on UGA Sports staff. That's Jason Butt. You see his face every morning for the daily recap, so why not after a hard-fought win for the Dogs? 16-6 to over Kentucky, Jason, and man, it was a struggle. It was a struggle bus. I think I'm even struggling. No, I got the link in the chat. So, yeah, guys, if you're new, if you're new, uh, what we do, what we like to do, is shout you guys out. So let us know where you're watching from. We'll put it up on the screen. If you're joining uh, with us for, you know, your 10th consecutive time, you already know what to do, guys. The link is in the description. You can click that link. It'll put you into our waiting room. We'll bring you on to the show. We've got a lot to discuss, a lot to overreact to. Uh, struggle bus Saturday uh, for sure. And it looks like right now uh, Ohio State is still struggling with Maryland. Uh, 33-30 with three minutes left. We'll watch that as we go along with you guys. Uh, Jason, let's get your initial thoughts as I tweet this thing out. Yeah, you know, um, the offense had its worst game of the season. You know, uh, before it was, you know, the Missouri game. But uh, credit Kentucky. Kentucky does this almost every year. Last year seemed to be the only year where there was uh, – where Georgia was able to kind of be comfortable. And, and even then it didn't feel comfortable per se. But uh, it, it's just for whatever reason, it, it, Mark Stoops kind of has this Kirby team. I don't want to say figured out. He, he just has a good idea of how to play this team. And then on top of that, uh, I feel like Kirby can sometimes get a little conservative uh, for good reason against uh, Kentucky, as he has since he's been the head coach. And you kind of saw that uh, down in the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter, especially. You know, it's funny because I'm sitting there watching. It's sixteen nothing. They're at the one yard line. They they're they're trying to put them away. You're going from a potential cover to suddenly being in a position where you think Georgia might you know ha have a chance to lose the game. It's just yep. the, the the flip in that moment was was it's insane and absurd. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, the better team won. Um, but I credit Kentucky more than I fault Georgia. I mean, Georgia did not play a good game by any means, but. But it's, that's just the way these games, for whatever reason, go. Yeah, I mean, it, man, it was ugly. I'm glad that it ended fast, though. I, I did call that. I said Georgia would like to get out of Lexington, you know, in the with the quickness because so cold. I had a buddy up there. He said it felt like a glacier. He was sitting uh, yeah. in the top seats. Uh, let's get some of these comments real quick. Uh, Dennis Montgomery from LaGrange, Georgia, says, uh, win in advance. You're right. Uh, Bill Burnett, Lexington, Kentucky, go dogs. Indy Tennessee, Tennessee, Le Lexington. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Tennessee, my bad, Bill. Lexington, Kentucky is where the game was. Indy Clip says, uh, struggle win Saturday. You're right, man. Uh, let's see here. Andrew says, go dogs from Central Iowa. Our run game looked good at times. Munkin and crew shut down the passing game after those passes sailed. Not worth the risk. We'll get to that. Uh, because Will Levis's pass did not sail, so what's going on there? Uh, ATB says, hard-fought win in an away game with cold and windy conditions. We did not fire on all cylinders today for sure. Missy Emery over on Facebook, appreciate you watching. Struggle, but great victory. John Lavender looked blah, and uh, ATB says, Stoops is a good coach, no doubt. Matthew Cotton, our man over on the other side of the pond, said, it was ugly. Alvaro Panero says, a win is a win. Move on. Exclamation points. Alvaro, you are new to the POS. We overreact, my friend. Laser's over here. What's up, man? He says, go Doss from uh, Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah, man. Uh, player of the game, for sure, by far, bar none. I think we can and go ahead and agree on this. Uh, Kenny McIntosh. Finally, 
They got him into a groove. Looked good doing it. So dogs on the ground, 46 attempts, Jason, 247 yards, one touchdown, led for a 5.4 yards average carry. A lot better than last week. Looked just more consistent. The holes look good. But the passing game uh, looks a little, little different, you know, and wasn't what we've been accustomed to seeing from Stetson, especially kind of leading up to this game. Everybody was talking about Stetson being a sleeper for the Heisman. What does this do to that? As well. Kills it. Kills it. He's done. And I hate it because I, I was really rooting for the guy to, to have that chance. But at the end of the day, this team is 11-0. They're going to beat the crap out of Georgia Tech next week. And they'll be 12-0. That puts them in the playoff. I mean, I say that, but yeah, you got to play the game. But a win next week puts them in the playoff no matter what. So regardless if LSU wins or not, they've proven to be one of the top four teams. So I think Stetson Bennett takes that over the Heisman any day of the week, a chance to go win a back-to-back national title. But, uh, yeah, 116 yards. I mean, you you know, the Florida game, we were nitpicking him, and, you know, because he was 50%, he still threw for 302 touchdowns. But to, to only go 116 on 19 attempts with an interception, and the interception was a, a pretty bad one too. So uh, it, it, I hate it for him, but his, his Heisman days are, are numbered, and I don't see him getting an invite to New York now. Yeah, uh, you know, after this game, 116 yards to the air. And like people said, it was a windy condition today. You saw it. I, and I want to get your take on this. I also want to get everybody to join up on the show too, guys. So if you're new, the link's in the description. If you're Anthony or Eddie from Ackworth or any of those guys, Andy Stowe, you already know what to do. Click that link. We want to get your guys' thoughts. This show goes as far as you guys let it. So uh, we'd like to get interactions between you guys. And if you don't feel comfortable on camera, you can come in with just your microphone. And if you don't feel comfortable with just your microphone, you can always do it in the comments and we'll read those and, and put them up here too. So, uh, but just kind of an ugly win, that wind, the Stetson interception. What was your take on that Stetson interception, Jason? It was, it was a bad one. Uh, I think they, the the commentating, uh, you know, Gary Danielson, I think, nailed it. I mean, it was a late throw. He was he, he thought he could get the post, but Lab McConkey's like, there's a safety there. So, yeah. you know, there's no reason to turn it inside. And I think it, it from my, you know, from that standpoint, from my un, uh, unintelligent point of view, uh, I, I think he forced it. And based on the conversation on the sideline when they cut to him and Kirby – I'm sure that's exact. That just seemed to be what he was saying. Like, yeah, I put it there. I shouldn't have. It was a dump throw. Um, you know, I, I put that on on the quarterback more than the receiver. Um, can't do that there. And fortunately for Georgia, their defense is Man. all world. And what's crazy is they gave up the 99 yard touchdown drive. They gave up a drive where they they uh, almost got three points that would have cut it to a one score one score game. Yet those things really didn't matter. And because even with the struggles in the fourth quarter, it was only six points and talk about a spectacular defensive performance. You know, when the offense plays its worst game of the year, they're still able to win by 10 points. And uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta credit the defense for putting this team in that position. Yeah. Seth Brandley kind of wraps it up here for us. He says an ugly win, but a win just the same. It's still hard to use, uh, get used to seeing the dogs so dominant that we all get upset after wins. Even when we don't look great, we're never in really in any danger. It was close to being dangerous had they kicked that field goal, I think, uh, because the the second half offense, man, and I don't know, we've talked about this all year long, um, just for whatever reason, doesn't work. Like, it, they slow down. 
They get conservative, and we saw it at the one-yard line. They couldn't get the ball in. We saw it with the QB sneak trying to get it on the fourth and one, couldn't get it. Uh, you know, just numerous attempts with this uh, heavy bunch formation type deal. They had Brock in there on the fourth and one. They had Jalen Carter in on the goal line at, at, you know, up back. None of it seems to be working. What does seem to work, though, is rolling out Darnell Washington and getting him out in front of Stetson Bennett and letting Stetson Bennett either decide, hey, am I going to pass it to Darnell or am I going to run behind Darnell? That play works almost every time, and we only see it once or twice. I mean, today, does uh, Darnell Washington show up in the stat sheet in terms of receptions, Jason? The answer to that is no. Uh, zero receptions for Big O. The team, the team leader in receptions, Ladd McConkey, had three for 28 yards. Don Blaylock had two for 38 yards with one of those being a 35 yard play that was almost taken to the house. Had it been anybody other than a outside linebacker playing on that? Uh, I'm sure Munkin was up in the booth, not happy about that. So, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of just kind of crazy stuff going on right now. But here at the end of the day, Jason, we're 10 minutes into the show. The dogs are on their way to another undefeated season. They're undefeated in the sec. You can be upset about this. You can look at it and say, hey, can they beat a team like Ohio State? Can they beat a Michigan? Can they beat a TCU? Which we'll get to those teams later. Uh, but, you know, Kentucky just lost to Vanderbilt. And this, was, this wasn't this was supposed to be a game. This is a 22-and-a-half-point spread. Georgia won by 10. And had Will Levis had any more type of, you know, completion percentage, able to put his ball on the target at all, this might have been a different game. Sure, and I think that's <laughs> Georgia's defense playing the way it did, combined with Kentucky's offense uh, having one player over over there. Uh, looks like Ohio State just put this game away, uh, but uh, just one uh, that got caught yeah. that in the corner of my eye. But uh, yeah, if Kentucky had any semblance of an offensive line and any other receivers, you know, they're the running back Rodriguez is pretty good, I think. But yep. other other than you know, they just don't have anybody to to, to be explosive against and, and to make plays against good and better defenses. And so uh, had they, yeah. I mean, I mean, gosh, they the fourth quarter was just completely different. You're looking at this game going, when's Georgia going to break away? When's Georgia going to break away? I mean, the defense shut Kentucky down. Will Levis didn't look like a top three-round pick for three quarters. Yep. And then you started seeing him make some of those throws that that have you saying that he's that guy mm-hmm. that have these analysts saying yeah he's a top three top two quarterback coming out and but he, they just don't have enough weapons they don't have a line that can really consistently get them into that position so all that can all that said i'm just kind of kind of went off on a tangent there but but to really answer your your point about uh the, you know this team uh you know playing playing a game that was you know, not ideal. I I wonder if last year's season has kind of uh, skewed expectations. You know, they went through every game last year and had no issues whatsoever. And then the Alabama game happens, and yes, and, and but of course it's Alabama. And Alabama and Georgia were were as even as as it gets last year, given they split games. Of course, Georgia was able to beat the winner in the more important game, but. Uh, most teams in most seasons have games like this against teams that aren't as good, especially yes. on the road. Yeah. Georgia's had two of them this year, which honestly, like that's par for the course. Like that's normal. You, like in most championship seasons, if you go back, even Alabama's had this happen to them occasionally. 
you don't blow out every team. That just doesn't typically happen. That's why last year's season was so remarkable from that standpoint. And uh, so, so I get, I think like th- there's a difference between criticism and being like, wow, you know, this offense did not play well. This is the worst offensive performance of the season and being angry. You know, I don't, I don't get the anger. I think if you are 11 and 0 at this point and you're in position to be one win away from a college football playoff, regardless of what happens in the SEC championship, you're absolutely ecstatic right now. You beat Tech, you're in the playoff, like hands down. There's, there's, there's no other scenario where Georgia suddenly doesn't get in, even if they lose the SEC championship. So Trevor brings up a good point here, Jason. He says, do you think Kentucky plays Vandy the way they play Georgia? And I, I don't. No, I think no. He, I think now, you know, it's the same way as every team gives Alabama its best shot. Georgia's getting everybody's best shot. Everybody's riled up for this game. It was a 3.30 CBS kickoff for Kentucky at home. You know, this is probably their biggest game of the year. I would imagine. Yeah, it has to be. Well, uh, it maybe- would save their season. Like, sure. Kentucky was supposed to be a 9-10 win team with a, with a, you know, one to two game chance to upset and unseat Georgia as the East champion. Mm-hmm. And they came into this game six and four. This was their Super Bowl. So that's not to say Georgia. I mean, I thought Georgia's defense was clearly up for this game. Uh, the I thought Kentucky on defense did more. I, I was more impressed and with them. It just didn't seem like – and the reason I think Stetson ended up throwing that interception was he could not find anything open deep all game. They did a great job in the back end of preventing anybody from getting behind and allowing open receivers. And uh, So which I credit – Which is something we'll touch on too because yeah. that, that might lead to something different. Uh, Later on in the season, I see Corey Satterfield. Corey, what's going on? Corey's got Kenny Mack in the back of background there. <laughs> got a little green screen going on. Kenny, oh, Kenny's got the book bag on, carrying the whole team. I love it. Yes, sir. Yes, it. sir. I love it, man. I love it. What's uh, what's going on, Corey? I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty sure this weekend's probably been the most craziest college football weekend I think I've ever had in my life. Um, uh, it's been it, maybe there, there hasn't yeah. been that many upsets. There's been close games. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they've all been close games. Like all the underdogs have been going crazy this weekend. Like TCU and uh, Baylor, that was a crazy yeah. game. And then you had Ohio State and Maryland right now, and then you got Michigan and Illinois. Like this, like this whole weekend, Georgia's been relying on the top four teams to keep winning just to make Tennessee not go back into the playoffs. I feel like. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to. Something's gonna happen with uh, Ohio State, and Michigan. And I think Michigan's uh, Blake Corum's running back. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him, but in terms of this Georgia game, uh, Corey, two takeaways yeah. from you. What what two takeaways? Uh, you have? I feel like our offensive line is probably one of one of, if not the most inconsistent. I think of all college football. Um, mm. They have a couple plays where they'll block tremendously, um, and then like when it gets to, like short short yardage situations, they don't block really that greatly. Um, our defense uh, looked a little sluggish today, a little bit. Like our secondary kind of started off slow in the like first quarter, going to the second. The Keeley had that big pick, um, and after that, they started looking more sluggish. So I don't know. Yeah, defense for me. You know, you you, you gave up less than three hundred yards to Kentucky, two hundred ninety-five yards, two hundred six through the air, only eighty-nine on the ground. Like Jason was saying earlier, Chris Rodriguez is a really good running back. Yeah, uh, average three yards a carry, so 17 attempts, 51 yards. But this isn't the game I don't think any of us were expecting, Corey, in terms of, you know, Vegas. Once again, I've said this all year long. I'll say it again. Uh, Vegas was completely wrong about the spread on Georgia, one way yeah. or the other. 
I don't. Time. I don't think so. I don't think so. What? It was about to be twenty three or twenty three or twenty four or twenty two, twenty three or twenty four. Nothing. And then they don't get the touchdown, and then the comeback happens. They were they were right for three plus quarters, and then the game flipped. What? And, and the on the under the under was on the money. Like seeing twenty two and a half as a spread, and then forty nine, which went down to forty seven as an under, was totally right about Kentucky not being able to score. Yeah. Georgia just did it to themselves there, and and the game flipped. So I think they were actually it was actually a good line that Georgia just kind of fell apart late and and that's why they weren't able to cover yeah. i feel like we played too conservative this game as well but i, I don't think know that's, if, that's a good i don't point. know if that's because of the weather or or what but we definitely run the ball like, a lot i would like to see if this game was you know 70 degrees outside mm-hmm. or in a dome type environment would the game plan have changed i yeah. think it would have because stetson only threw the ball 19 times georgia ran it i think 46 if i'm not yeah. mistaken yeah 46 rushes Verse 19 pass and for me this this game just in terms of drives alone i mean georgia had what one drive in the first quarter only two they had three drives in the whole first half i tweeted that out i was like this is i don't know if i've seen this three drives in the first half one they had nine total drives that doesn't seem like a lot yeah. you know and, and they scored you know one two three four out of their first five times with stetson's interception being the lone one they didn't score on and then it went downs, punt, punt, game over. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know, Corey. How do you feel looking at these other teams around the league uh, kind of struggling today, especially the top teams? You mm. you still feel good about Georgia and, and all this everything going moving forward? I feel better if like like I said earlier about the weather, um, if it's different. I feel extremely better. Like let's see the SEC championship, for example, is gonna be played in a dome. Um, that's gonna be a good game. And and now next week we're gonna blow out. I hopefully blow out Georgia Tech. So I don't know. Have you put a spread for that yet, Jason? Uh, no, I, I imagine tomorrow night or Monday you'll start to see a line on that. But I imagine it's gonna be over thirty. I was right on the money on this one. Just so you know, if you go back to last week's POS, I said twenty three came out twenty two and a half. Just saying. Yeah. So uh, well, so then know. you should you should uh, I will. I will. What's your suggestion for this now? Um, I want to see how Tech plays against Carolina, and I'll, I'll do it closer to the end of the show. Because right now, Tech's only down 10 to Carolina. So Right, I just put that game on. Are y'all watching the Tennessee game at all, or no? I'm I, mean, I'm, I, I don't get to watch it because my internet's not that great. So I just watch yeah. the ESPN uh, college football scoreboard. So I get to see the, the scores. That's so it's like it. NFL red zone kind of thing? Not even, bro. I, really? I, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's basic. Basic over here. I just get to see that. Uh, Taint Roll, that's a heck of a name, says uh, UGA got outplayed, outcompeted, outclassed, and outcoached. He says, change my mind. Well, I don't change his mind, Corey. I wouldn't say outcoached. I mean, there were certain situations where Kirby should have kicked the field goal like on the, when they were down at the goal line, but I wouldn't say outcoached because Stoops, granted, Stoops has, still has never beaten Georgia. He's still 0-10 against Georgia. No, 0-11, sorry. So I wouldn't say outcoached, but – Outplay, we still, we still, you know, look at the stats. We still pretty much destroyed them on that board, too. So, yeah, uh, it just came oh, out of execution. It's my I thing. like it. I like this one, Jason. Uh, Southwest Georgia says, uh, How do you evaluate Big Ten play where weather is all always cold up there? That is an excuse. I, I mean, I think really only wind is a factor, like, cold yeah. is not a factor. I mean, 
football was what football the the first college football game was what Princeton and Rutgers. You know, that's cold. Uh, Might have been. I don't know. I, I don't know. I actually don't know when it was, but I mean that's a cold part <laughs> of the country. Yeah, that's that's you know, you you look at uh, you look at other places. You know, in the NFL, you have Green Bay plays outside. Uh, Chicago plays outside. I mean, it's really only it's really only wind and and rain, heavy rain that like makes the game a factor. I mean, cold doesn't. I mean, and football players play in short sleeves in the cold. So but it also is a factor when you play in the South, like the Southeastern Conference. You're not used to the cold weather, whereas the Big Ten, you're also playing like the cold weather, like it's every you know every day. So right, and 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 also you get into the playoffs or even in bowl season, you don't have a cold. You know, it's like at that yeah. time of the year, you're not playing in the cold anyway because you're yeah. either in a dome or you're in the South. Uh, here's Hamwich says, uh, "How many times do we run up the middle into a pack box and not move step to the outside on a rollout? I don't know, ten, twelve. Go yeah, ahead, to, go, to go to Corey's point earlier about being conservative, uh, it, it seems like you go back to the last few years really with Kirby anyway against Kentucky, and it seems like he's more conservative against Kentucky. It's it's kind of like Kentucky has this game plan where they want to air out the clock and they want to limit possessions. Yeah, And then for whatever reason, I don't know if that concerns him or what, but he is so afraid of, of making a mistake against this team and allowing them to capitalize. And I, I just think that – you saw a little bit of that today, and I'm sure the wind was a factor. It's and, and then Stetson not hitting some of those throws early. The, the one to Darnell Washington that should have been a touchdown. It, it's almost like once they they thought that okay, it's not going to be that kind of game. I also think that the fact that that was really the only play you saw him where he had a, an open deep receiver. It makes you wonder if Kentucky was playing back and trying to keep everything in front that they just were saying okay, fine, we're going to take what we can get, and that probably had a lot to do with it too. I mean, we you don't get to we don't get to see the all 22, uh, you know, as the game's going. And by no means am I going to say I'm some sort of film expert like, you know, Brent Rollins or anything like that. But I would imagine those things go into consideration uh, with your in-game adjustments and and why you ended up seeing them kind of play more conservative as the game went on. And But that said, you know, when they were – it was a really poor red zone performance. And I think a lot of it had to do with not being a little more creative down there, not giving Stetson the, the run-pass option down there, not doing the play-action – uh, to the tight end that you've seen this season, all year really, this season down in that area. So you know, you, the, the it gets tight by the goal line. Everybody comes up, and it's like, okay, you're not going to have the same kind of push that you did when your the safeties are playing back in the boxes and as light when you're you know at midfield or in your own territory. So I'm I'm, I'm with y'all on that. Um, they should they should have probably had a. A bit more creativity down in the red zone, uh, especially in those uh, goal-to-go situations. Yeah, so Percy Johnson says, says weather had no impact on how bad the offense was today. There was no creativity on offense. I like this comment right here, Corey. Uh, Alvaro Pinero says, Georgia decided to put the game in the fridge a little too soon. I Perfect. Like, I think that I think that's exactly what happened. They got up and then put, yeah. the, ga- put, the, put the game in the fridge. You could have. With those three field goals, those three short field goals, you could have had you know three touchdowns there, twenty-one nothing. Yeah. Then you put the game in the fridge. Not so much, I like Alvaro said. I think it was just you know a little too soon, and the play calling. Man, when this offense gets rolling, when this offense like starts moving, it looks so good. It looks really good. The screen plays. You got Darnell and Brock out blocking, or you're hitting Brock over the middle. You know things like that. Kenny Mack. 
hitting it for a 10-yard run. But when this offense stalls out, it looks like a completely different, you know, team out there. And to Corey's point, when he first joined on the show, he said the offensive line's so inconsistent. I think that might have something to do with it because when this team gets rolling and maybe the offensive line knows, I mean, Hey, we're going fast tempo right here. We're moving the ball quick rate. All right. We're going to, you know, put these guys in their ass. Then they see, Oh, we're running the ball at the middle three times in a row. All right, well, let's just go out here. Let's let's get this over with. You know, they, they want to run clock. You know, they don't yeah. trust us to move the ball. I don't know, something like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to put myself maybe in their shoes because they're good offensive linemen, but the difference between drives is, like Corey said, just so inconsistent sometimes. Yeah. Is it just me or does Dejon Edwards kind of remind me a little bit of a uh, Elijah Holyfield running the ball? Oh, he does. I think so, a little bit. Yeah, he's like not. He's not as like a young Elijah, like his stature and everything. Yeah, he's not as he's not as bounce offish, if yeah. you will. Uh, that's a way. I guess he doesn't like look the. I mean, it's it's funny because uh, you know you hear about him and he's like, what pound for pound supposed to be one of the stronger guys on the team. But I just remember Elijah Holyfield's upper body being just mm. so jacked, and I guess you don't really see that from from Dejan Edwards. But at the same time, you hear that his squat numbers are really impressive, and so like you know, and that's really more important when it comes to being a running back is that lower half. Yep. Uh, this right here, Slump CB says, why would you not send Washington outside red zone and throw a jump ball? Slump, they had him out there, bro. They oh, dude, I was screaming. I was screaming no. at the TV on that play. What they should have done is gave it to Jalen Carter, make him do the jump ball for him. That would have been funny. You, you know what play we're talking about here, Corey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they put – so if you guys missed it, they, uh, they put Darnell up on the top of the screen – by himself, one-on-one covers. The DB yeah. looked to be maybe eight inches shorter than him. And Stetson didn't even look his way. He threw it instead yeah. uh, to Ladd over in the corner for like a, a corner post or something. And it's just, oh, man. Um, that was tough to watch because yeah. Darnell could have grabbed it over him, grabbed it on top. I mean, wherever you wanted to throw Darnell that ball, he was going to catch it. They weren't rolling a safety either. You're sitting there no. going, okay, yeah. that's your matchup. Like, throw it up. You have the matchup you 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 wanted. That's my one criticism all year. Like that has stayed consistent all year is they don't. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think they use him in the passing game the way they should. I just it's it boggles my mind that you know he's had what two games where I think he's had more than four catches. Uh, correct me if I'm maybe, wrong. Maybe maybe I, I don't I don't know. I know he's had some drops, but like he's a guy that I think if you can if you can get more and more comfortable as the game goes on, man. Like, I just think he's such a, a, a matchup nightmare for these guys, uh, you know. But, you know, hey, that's just a nitpicky criticism. They're 11-0, and 0, so yeah, hey, they're, Corey, they're, they're clearly doing enough right. Yeah. Corey, I've got my man Eddie in the waiting room. So before I let you go, two game balls, as always, who who you giving them to? Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to have to go to Kitty. I got to go to the guy in the back. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. No Brader. But yeah. I was thinking about my second one. My second one, I, have, I probably have to give it to Hot Todd. Uh, Pod okay. Lesnar. He I was like uh, four for four field goals today, wasn't he? Uh, three for three. Three for three, sorry. But, uh, yeah. Also, I have a joke for y'all. Um, What does Mark Stoops do when beats Georgia? What does Mark Stoops do when he what? Beats Georgia. Mm. Uh, Nothing. He turns the Xbox off and go to bed. <laughs> Damn. That's uh, that's cold blooded. That's, that's cold good. Blooded. That's good. Man, All right, boys. Is... I'll see you later. Y'all yeah, have man, a good one. Good. Yeah, Let's man. See. Take care, Corey.
Corey's a good one, man. He's uh he's fun. He's up and coming kid, man. I think he'd actually do really well in this business to be tried. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's see here. Uh, before I get you on here, Eddie, Matthew Cotton over on, over across the pond said, dude, we play any of the recent injured players in this game. I can't watch the game out here. Seems like we're just not meshing. Uh, well, if you consider Jalen Carter recently injured, he played, uh, but he's been playing. Uh, other than that, I can't think of anybody. AD was not. <laughs> oh, we won't even talk about that. Eh, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Football anymore. I don't know. Um, I think it's but. one of those things. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I think like it, it, when you increasingly avoid the question, it kind of yeah. Man. You know, as a coach, I mean, come on, like read between the lines, right? Michael Fowler says, "Wait, it's legal to throw to a tight end in the end zone." It is. It is, Michael. Uh, you know, it's crazy. But it it makes you wonder. Like, so we're not we're not seeing it. We don't get to see practice like right. like all the way through. I mean. But he's playing a lot. Like, he's consistently playing more and more. But then you have the matchup. So, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that situation. Blanton Lingold says, been listening to the podcast, first time catching on live. That's a hell of a name, brother. 10 out of 10. Blanton Lingold. And another hell of a name. Man. Eddie from Ackworth. Eddie, what's going on, my man? How are you guys tonight? What's up, Eddie? Can you all hear me Okay. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna man. hear you, Eddie. Sixteen to six, man. Um, what's your what's your take? So, <clears throat> my initial take is when is when the Georgia Bulldogs repeat as national champions. I'm not going to be very happy because I'm going to look back on this Kentucky game and go, "We didn't play very well." So, it just wasn't a very good year, guys. We we didn't play well against Kentucky. Oh, see, so so I, I see. What I love stage- the shade. I love the shade. See, I, I see what stage of grief you're in right now, Eddie. I understand. This you was come a up- total, all right, Paul. This was a total vanilla and the ball. I mean, it was from the start. Kirby said, I, I thought we were going to win the game 16 to 13. That's what I thought, the way the game was going. And I, fine, whatever. Kirby doesn't care. He understands what's going on. He's going to hand the ball. Kenny McIntosh was a stud tonight. I mean, that guy was a beast running the ball, okay? And that's all you did. You just fed that guy. And it was boring. It was plotting. It looked like, no offense, it looked like a Vince Dooley game. I mean, it was just, it was just bleh. But who cares? At this point, who cares, right? I see where you're at when you're in your grief cycle, Eddie. I understand. I understand, Eddie. I, I get you. I get you. You're 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 at that point of the who cares? We won the game. Let's not overreact. I get it, Eddie. I know where you're going, but you're eventually, like tomorrow morning, you're gonna you're gonna come to where where you're gonna want to overreact a little bit more. I know. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, you are. <laughs> we welcome on uh, Dane Young, who was over at the Donnan household. Uh, Dane, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I was going to tune into you guys. Then my brother-in-law came over, um, and you're muted, by the way. Uh, but uh, I was going to tune in to you guys. He brought over Wingstop. Ooh. I hate Wingstop instead. What kind and of wings? What was uh, the choice? I do Cajun wings and then Cajun fries with two extra ranches from Wingstop. That's my go-to. Um, well done. Yeah, it's it's by far the best. When I opened, uh, when I, you know, blue finished Blue cheese eating, or ranch? Oh, ranch. Stop that. Who Stop. does blue uh, cheese? Blue cheese. You got to get those. Oh, God. Come on. Eddie, I love your taste in bourbon, but not wing condiments. Come on. So, so for me, Dane, I was not able to watch uh, the the, uh, 
obviously not because of your own decisions. It's all your brother-in-law. Like we, yes. Yeah. yeah. I would have watched if I didn't have company. Uh -huh. uh, William Carlin says uh, four tough games in a row took us to Cole. Give this team props for coming through a uh, shout out to William Carlin. He was actually uh, my, what do you call it? Uh, when you get married, the guy that does your wedding. Efficient. Efficient. Thank you. Uh, he was my efficient. He's my best friend's uh, dad. So I was an efficient in a wedding in Colorado earlier this year. Yeah, he got his. Uh, he got it from Life University. His, nice. His, There's an online dialogue box. You yeah. can enter like you know your email address, and then you're an efficient. That's pretty easy. Yeah. That's that's how we did it. Yeah. So. Pastor Dane, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's what we call him, Pastor Willie, now. But yeah, uh, Dane, I've tried to spit this out for the last two and a half minutes. Damn it! How did Jim yeah, Don? But that's my about fault because I keep getting you off course, and I really yes, enjoy it, doing it. It is. Well, how did Coach Donna feel about the game? So I actually think it's a bit of a different turn because I hear what Eddie's saying here. In my opinion, this game against Kentucky is what I thought was going to happen last week in Starkville. And Georgia really came out of the other side on that. And they did it with dynamic passing game. The, the difference is what Mississippi State tries to do, which is uh, a, a lot faster, a little flashy, but it's still like protect the ball just in a different way, right? Kentucky's like, let's get this clock out of here. Like, if Kentucky could have played two possessions this game and called it a day, they would have done it. And they tried. Well, yeah, they definitely tried to. I think Coach Donnan was more along the lines of the running game is working, and that's kind of what they're giving up. And why is Kenny McIntosh not running this play? Because he's getting nine yards a carry based on his average. Even well into the third quarter, he was getting like nine yards mm -hmm. a carry. Yeah. So when they got down to the red zone and, oh, here's Kendall Milton, it's like, eh, why? That, that was kind of the reaction from there. Overall, this was – and I think this is probably what Eddie's getting at. And you're wrong, Paul, in the sense that Eddie is going to come into another stage of grief because it's Georgia Tech week. So, if anything, he's just going to get cockier by the time True. he's talking to Logan Booker and Bill Shanks as the week goes True. on. True. Um, that's South, just, South Carolina's up 14-7, y'all. Yep. Uh, Ed, Eddie, I just heard Dane say when you talk to Logan Booker and Dan Young, are you do you cheat no. on us here at the show? I said yes. Bill Shanks. Yeah. You do. Well, to be fair, Paul, I was on board with them before I was on board with you. So if anything, okay, well, I'll take he's that. cheating I'll take on that. them with us. I was going to say yeah, so. There I'll, you go. Okay. Like exactly right, Dave. I like there that. I like that. I like it much better that way, Eddie. Thank you so much. Eddie publicly praises Film Don't Lie to anyone he talks to. So Eddie's like a, a an angel in my book. Oh, man. Film Don't Eddie, Lie is the best. Eddie's Love. good people, man. Uh, uh, somebody so you'll chat, enjoy this somebody. then, Eddie. We, we've been texting me and Brent Rollins like, what the heck is our play of the game from this? Because like, if you had to pick one play that was like, oh, that was the best play of this game. Mm. Macintosh touchdown? That's probably what it's going to end up being. But yeah, like, I can't point to one thing. Yeah. Miss field goal. I mean, that's what CBS kick? chose. <laughs> if the play of the game is a bobbled snap. Yeah. Bobbled, like, no, how about the Keely Ringo pick? Yeah, no, that's actually probably it because Kentucky was putting together a nice little drive there. Yes. I guess my only thing is yeah, like, I'm with you, Eddie. the game, I don't want it to be a primarily Kentucky mistake. And that was just an awful pass from Levis. Like, it was a bad decision to do that. Yeah. yeah he forced uh, it. Derek Walker, I want to give this shout out. He, he said, I agree with Eddie. Dogs got the win. Let's get back to Athens and plan for Tech Cough, uh, the SEC title game. So maybe you got people in your corner. I don't know. Uh, Indy Clip says he's not on Dog Nation yet, is he? You, Eddie, mm. I'm telling you right now, bud. Eddie, you might be get blocked out here, be, bud. Be careful with your words, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Nah, uh, let's see here. So good people Matt, at Dog Nation too. I don't want like people yeah, to actually no, see that. <laughs> like, like, I'm keeping my mouth shut on that. Yeah. Right, Connor. I love you guys over there. You guys do good stuff. Uh, Blaylock catch and run. Uh, Frank DeCarlo says was maybe the best play of the game. Uh, but the almost uh, that, that was a good play. Yeah. I, I, I think don't the play in the, the game has to end up being – I think it has to end up being a, a play from one of two guys who I thought were the players of the game, Kenny McIntosh, obviously. But Kamari Lasseter was awesome in this game yeah. with open yeah. field tackles, getting off of blocks. Uh, and, and Ringo had the positive stuff at one side too, don't get me wrong. But, like, Lasseter has gotten better and better and better and Thank better you. to a point that I, I think that's probably going to get a shout-out from us on Film Don't Lie. Uh, Michael Fowler says, play the game as Xavier Trust opening up that hole for K-Mac. He stood his guy up and didn't let go. There's a couple good uh, offensive line run plays. Offensive line pass plays? You know, I don't know. But there were a couple that I, – I remember telling uh, my wife, I was like, he has so much time back there. Unbelievable amount of time. There was no pressure on him on a few throws. And I think that throw that I was like, he has so much time back there, he threw it out of bounds if I can remember correctly. And I don't remember if that was third down or second down or something, but. Um, he ooh. did, but it, Paul, I want to say it, with that much time, somebody's got to be open at some point. I mean, is he I just think. Is he afraid to sling it to somebody and he threw it out of bounds? I would, I just thought as much time as he had, somebody's going to break open and it didn't happen or, or maybe yeah. it did missed him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, David says uh, our running backs didn't fumble tonight despite the cold. So there you go. That is a positive. That is a positive. I would have probably, if you said over-under was 0.5 on fumbles, I'd probably go over. So there you go. Uh, Omari coming in strong. Our man Omari uh, says, last or better than Ringo. I, I might agree with him. I might agree with him. I might I, agree with him. Ringo, I think, is tough for fans in the sense that, like, man, how can you have certain penalties or how can you have certain coverages, like, when you're that degree of athlete? But then he comes back and has, like, clutch interceptions, and you're like, oh, right. I get it. Well, he's a physical player, Dane. That's the yeah. way he plays the game. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, and he, and and Kirby said it multiple times, right? And we've questioned it, and he's he's backed up his corners, saying, "I put them on an island. These guys are on islands. They're one on one out there. Most of the time, they don't have safety help over the top. It's them, and and especially Ringo. He's going up mainly most of the time against their best wide receiver, the other team. These guys are going one on one, and they're gonna lose a rep." You know, like it's they're not going to go out there and be amazing for 70 plays. They're going to there, lose. There's, a, there's an unsung hero in this team. And I'm just patting myself on the back because I want to say on one of these shows preseason, me and Paul had this argument. So I like winning these. Uh, and it's not Levis related, though. We can go there if you'd like. I think uh, I think I know where you're going. Are you going to a, like a star position? I'm going to Javon Bullard. And I think he's one of the unsung heroes of the team. Uh, both in coverage, but then also coming off, you know, the free rush sack. Um, yeah. yeah, they're just sad. a much better team when he plays and Tyke doesn't. Yeah, I was that. Well, he's I more was, physical than Tyke. He's, he's a lot more too. physical. Yeah. Um, Michael Fowler says, "Any Branson Robinson signings tonight? Not that I remember. I, don't I saw I him on the sideline one time. Yeah, I did see him uh, in terms of actual sightings, Jason. <laughs> I saw him on the, <laughs> on the TV, but in terms of on the field, Michael, I did not." Uh, another one, Frank DiCarlo, did Arian Smith play? Did you guys see Smith? He was a gunner on special teams. He was? Yeah. Okay. I didn't see him on any offensive plays. And then Slump says, oh, we got to find someone to take uh, Chaz Chambliss's reps away. Hey, he plays hard, man. I think yeah. I think you saw a lot. I think you saw a lot from uh, Jalen Walker, though. 
Yeah. Jalen Walker, he was in there on a play. Oh, come on, help me out. Jalen Walker like stood up and did the like incomplete. Yeah. Like, dude, you didn't do anything for that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. If anything, that guy just didn't catch the ball. But you know, well, it was still incomplete. He was it right. Was, right? Uh, I like the energy, but you know. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, there was a play, it was a screenplay where they went to the running back, Michael and Jalen both uh South Carolina. Sorry. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Michael and Jalen both tackled um, the running back there. So two true freshmen on that tackle. I don't know if you guys remember that. They praised Michael and they showed Michael, but Jalen was there for the tackle as well. If South right. Carolina beats Tennessee, it is, for multiple reasons, the absolute best thing that can happen to Georgia. Obviously, number one is it takes a rematch against Tennessee down the line out of play. Playing a team twice is always problematic. Two, it lengthens the Shane Beamer tenure at South Carolina. And Shane Beamer has zero chance to ever beat Georgia in his career there. Like, it's not even remotely close. It's going to be a blowout every time. It is personal with Kirby Smart. Yes, it's it always is. going to be. He is going to take the spear and jab it through his heart every chance he gets. And there's so many pieces of evidence for that. All right. Yeah, so on that, on that note, Dane, since you brought it up, are any of y'all afraid? Afraid's the wrong word. Are any of y'all nervous if we had to replay Tennessee in the playoffs or the national championship? I think if there, whenever you have a rematch, as Dane was alluding to, yeah, because not only are you studying film, but you have the film, you have the experience of the mistakes you made. I think you look at what Georgia was able to learn from last year's loss to Alabama what it was able to correct and what it was able to do uh, in that, in that rematch. I think even a better example of a Georgia rematch was Auburn in the 2017 SEC yeah. championship when yeah. Auburn beat the crap out of them in the regular season. And then they decide they were like, okay, we didn't do a good job running the ball because we didn't attack the edges the way we should have. And then you just saw all these edge runs and, 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 uh, and Deandre Swift, Chubb and, and Michelle doing their thing. Um, yeah, so I, I especially with an offense like that where they did miss was either three or four deep balls. They only were able to find three or four deep guys, and Hooker missed all of them. Yeah, a, re, I, a, a rematch on a neutral that's, field. That's yeah. pressure up the middle, right? I yeah, mean, but but if you you know you, the adjustments are real in this game, and I know Tennessee's offensive line isn't uh, you know did not play well that day. You just can't you know. Georgia's offensive line didn't play well against Alabama the first time, and then played much better the second time. Yeah. Um, it's not like they're bums out there, you know. They're it's a, they're good players. It's a good team, and I think you have to worry about those adjustments in a rematch like that. That said, top to bottom, Georgia still has the more complete team. If yeah, but I, I think I think if a rematch happens, it's the national championship game, right? They're not they're not. However, it shakes out. If Tennessee's in there, they're not going to put Georgia and Tennessee in round one. It'll be the national championship. I think it's incredibly uh, unlikely Tennessee makes it. Well, I agree with you, Dane. I'm just saying if all hell breaks loose and Tennessee gets in there, it's not going to be Georgia-Tennessee round one. It'll be – Which it almost did today. It almost did. It almost – all hell did almost break loose. The top four, all the top four, you know, and that's the other thing. People are are complaining about this game. And, um, again, there's a difference between criticism and being angry and upset. And it's like, well, the other three top four teams struggled today against their teams. This well, happens. <laughs> this, the the college know. football playoff is kind of backing itself into a crappy little corner here where their desire to have this TV show every week is really going to screw them. Because 
I think in the end of this, North Carolina's resume, if it beats Clemson in the yeah. ACC title, is going to be it. better than Tennessee's. But yeah. I don't think the college football playoff can justify, oh, we had them 10 spots below Tennessee this whole There's time. 13. And then all of a sudden we changed our mind. Like that's they should just wait until the end, and that's your top four. They're 13th right now, which is crazy. I said that. I was like, look, you guys are kind of doubting this ACC winner. You have Clemson at nine. You have North Carolina at 13. And both of the teams, Clemson and North Carolina, their losses to Notre Dame. Well, every single week, Notre Dame looks a little bit better now, don't they? Now imagine if they go beat USC, and that's a top 10 loss. Your love for Freeman grows and grows, and that's just – that's just not – yeah, I understand. I get it. They are different. They're a much different team than they were in September. No, yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous how much better they are right now. Wait till that man gets hey, the recruit. Guys, can I say this real quick? Totally off topic. How about those yes. Florida Gators losing at home to the Vanderbilt Commodores? How about how about, how about Vandy though? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Florida. Good, I good mean, to them. Yeah, Huge. they don't tell you what Clark they, Lee's not messing around right now. He's, he's giving me not, James. Right? He's giving me James Franklin vibes, where it's like, are you actually going to win at Vanderbilt? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, you. Which, you uh, yeah, you which, which means where's he going to go in two years? <laughs> you know, here, you know here's Vanderbilt will be back at square yeah. one. Here's the crazy. Here's the crazy part about it. Uh, oh, that's funny. I had to go make sure they actually did it because you know sometimes they chicken out on these things. With yeah, the they put out the uh, final for Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm about to do a Sesame Street meme of this. Hold on. Uh, here's another thing, too. Vanderbilt, if South Carolina wins this game against Tennessee, Tennessee you know, could just be completely unmotivated, and Vandy wins next week and becomes bowl eligible. We're not talking about that. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring on Anthony. So, Dane, you want to – I want to slide out, but only after I tell you that I am yeah. low on my – yeah, you are. about that low too. There, Dane. You see that? Right close. Yeah, it's about there. Yeah. Um, Hold on, Dane. Before you do that, let me. Um, you're beating me, Mr. Producer. Let me get this pulled up here. Let me present I, this. I have been a professional broadcaster for a long time. Yeah, I uh, went to school for it, and then I realized they couldn't pay me enough, so I just didn't do it. But well, uh, and that's why I got out of local TV. Yeah, and made here we go. Boom. Yeah, that's Tell the. Us about uh, it, Dane. That's the tire fire, man. That's going to be it a is. limited edition deal from ASW Distillery. How do I, get, I need to get some of this. What's going on? Hey, Dane. Dane, yeah. remember I asked you about my local liquor store? They didn't have it and, and yeah. how to do that. I went in there this week and they had it. Boom. There we go. Look at Eddie Ackworth. Let's go. Here we go. I'm so happy. I'm going to tell um, my friends at ASW. So, guys, ASW. Five of the six creators of this beautiful bourbon and drinking stuff are Georgia grads. And also, you could join on Friday, November 25th for the third release of this Tire Fire uh, bottled at cask strength around 109 proof. And if you're there early enough, the master distiller Justin Manglitz will sign the first 100. That's pretty cool. So they're doing this on Friday, November 25th. So if you don't want to go shopping... On Black Friday, instead, go to ASW and get you a limited edition uh, bourbon there. But, Dane, what, what is up with this bourbon stuff? What, what, what is it? Let me just – I want to tell you about the people behind it first, right? So yeah. uh, my, my guy Chad there, they were a Bulldog 100 company, which means that, like, UGA founders and they do really well in whatever sector that they're in. And then they get recognized by the University of Georgia for having done so. And I saw them on there and I'm like, I have been buying your bourbon for like a couple of years now. 
And y'all naturally should be partners with UGASports.com because I promise you our audiences are the same people that consume our product and consume your product. So we need to just like get in bed together, essentially. And then my guy Chad over there was like, you know what? You're right. And seeing seeing how they supported the Atlanta Braves and came out with the Fiddler Bourbon um, for the Braves World Series championship, that was even more like, yo, we got to be in tandem with these folks and you see the line here if it's gin or if it's bourbon or vodka they just have something for everybody and look i don't endorse products that like i don't already use or would not use that's just not my flow because um frankly i don't have to um and this is stuff that i bought long before uh, having done anything with ugasports.com eddie can tell you it's legit like it is good bourbon and what i like is that it's at a price point that like you're not gonna go bankrupt getting it so like it's accessible to people but it's still really really good bourbon and georgia right. just beat kentucky so if you want a celebratory georgia bourbon boom there you go damn i need this yeah, that was a good that. pitch that was a good it was. it was it was it was really good that's why really i let him do it <laughs> I've, got two more, I've got two more pitches I've got to do on my own. I don't think they'll they'll stand up to what uh what Dane can do there. Jason, but, uh, let me know when you're back in Georgia because I know you're up in the mid Atlantic. Yeah, so. I know. You did, you did say uh, we'll get in bed with them. Uh, Michael Fowler said it's a family show, Dane, and then. Foster- <laughs> and it, so I mean, I I, I, <laughs> I I cuddle up with this. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah. That, I would have a problem. Platonic, right? Yeah, maybe. platonic. Yes, maybe, very maybe. platonic. I'm getting uh, out of here. Hey, um, thanks to who's down here, Anthony. Thanks to him for waiting so long because I hey, talk a lot. Have you have you not have you not seen Anthony yet? No, I've yeah. seen him before and he's awesome. But I'm saying I talk a lot and I've kept him backstage and that makes me like self conscious that I've been like a terrible person and not shared this space. So I'm going to do that now and y'all have a good night. Hey, Dan, you take it easy, nice man. Dan Young, right there, ladies okay, and gentlemen. Dan. The man, the myth, the legend. He's out. Oh, man. I didn't even get to shout him out that much. He's gone. No, you can do it. Oh, hey, Jason. Nice <laughs> He's back, folks. Do it. Say nice things. No, Dane, Dane does a great job with that watch-along show uh, for Jim Don and then the UGA Sports Live podcast on Tuesdays. Uh, so he, he does <laughs> I'm going out with this. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Dane, 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 I'm bang, 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 bro. Jesus. Yes, sir. Get Foster out of here. wins. See ya. Uh as for another big <laughs> bill, Anthony. Anthony. Wow, really? Anthony, <laughs> you, you got to you you reconnect and put the headphones in. You're, you're, you're echoing you're bad, echoing bad dude. Oh, oh, shit. Right. Yeah, I'll back out. Yeah, he's echoing bad. Have you been hey, on? Jason, Jason Butt, I'm yes, very sir. disappointed. There's no African paintings behind you to make me sue <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I came downstairs to uh, because I didn't want to sit in that room for three hours since I'm on here the whole time, and I wanted to make sure I had a TV. So I, I actually need to get up and get another beer um, in a minute. I but, but yeah, but I, I actually have like the laptops in my lap, and uh, but like I, I don't have a space like where I could put this on a desk and then still have a TV with uh, mm-hmm. with games. So um, yeah, that's why. That's why you've got. This instead a of door and a wall, and door and a wall, yeah. Instead of like uh, some some funky African art from the seventies. Let's see if we can add. Anthony Which I love, in. by the way. I love. Yes, it. appreciate it. Anthony, can you hear us? You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can, can hear, hear you. Yeah, the uh, right. second part of the brain bros there with Dane. What's going on, Anthony? <laughs> well, brain bros. He looks awesome. like the headless horseman. <laughs> he does. No, he I'm, does. I'm outside, yeah. man. Because I got shitty reception. Sorry, I've got crappy reception. There you go. There you go. We're demonetized. 
We made it Shut 51 up. minutes. Look, we made look, it 51 minutes. Look, Roddy, Roddy was like a Richard Pryor concert last week, and you guys didn't get to monetize. So I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he was. So, look, Eddie called it right. Eddie, Eddie used a post-game overreaction show. Eddie called it right. We could go 15-0, and 0, and the only thing that Georgia fans are going to think about is us beating Kentucky by 10 points. That, you know, I, I get it. Stetson didn't have a great game. You go on the road second straight week, and you run the ball down their throat, you want to shorten the game, they did what they did. And Kamari Lester honestly is our best corner right now. So, I think so too, Anthony. You waited a long time to just give those quick talking points. How, how was the shrimp last week? Fantastic. They were fantastic. I didn't eat shrimp tonight. I didn't eat crab legs or anything tonight. I didn't eat steak tonight. I had chicken teriyaki. No, wait, what did I have tonight? I had chicken teriyaki tonight. So Where do you where do you I live? Sure. I live in Oak Ridge, North Carolina. Oh, man, you're not close enough. I was going to say, I, because uh, as it stands right now, Eddie is going to owe me a nice steak dinner. Uh, Wait a minute. What is it? What is it after tonight? It's got, I mean, it's got to be under 40, right? I would think. Well, Has to. Has to. Yeah, can, 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 somebody in the, can somebody in the chat help me out with uh, what's George's points per game updated with tonight's? points in it uh that would be it's awesome under, it's under it's under 40 it's like thir- it's like 38 7 yeah, yeah it's under it's under for mm. sure but hey we still gotta play tech bro tech tech could yeah tech we, could we do should a be number though 40, we should be up to 42 and a half by then so yeah. exactly. <laughs> and look we, just so you guys know the the bourbon uh, my wife's a bourbon drinker she drink she normally drinks uh, a company by the name of uh, uh blameson we're not we don't do free ads around here oh yeah no free ads no free ads yeah, no. yeah, yeah. so my wife i got her a, i got her a bottle of the fillers and she won't let me drink it nice wow that's good that's no, good oh it's, it's not, not good oh no, my bad. Because okay. i want to drink it uh-huh. that's the- <laughs> yeah you're well, right put on your yeah, big boy uh, pants and drink it i mean wait, oh wait. no, no. <laughs> i submitted Eddie, I submit. Eddie, I submitted years ago, man. I, I'm not. I'm not jumping on that. She's from how, Dallas. How she long, came how out long of have you been married? How long have you been married? Twenty three, but I've known her for thirty five. I got you. I'm, I'm thirty, brother, and I drink what I want. Yeah, that's, <laughs> look, she's born and raised in Dallas. She came out of the womb with Jack Daniels and a handgun. I don't mess with her. <laughs> uh, so, so. You're with Eddie here. Is there going to be any stage of grief, Anthony, after this, no. where you you look back on this and you say, "Man, we could have done this better, that better"? Or are you just happy that the game's over? You're looking at Tennessee what? losing right now. You're you're high on life. No, I, I I wish we would have put a few more points on them. I knew that Kentucky oh, yeah. was going to come out and play a little bit stronger tonight because of losing at Vandy that was embarrassing. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know what it would be like to to lose to Vandy. I mean, I know it was five, six years ago, seven years ago, but the fact that Vandy beat Kentucky and Florida in back-to-back weeks, that's, that's pretty awesome for that program. But to, to go on the road for the second straight week to play a team that lost to Vandy, they were going to, you know, they're going to play as hard as they possibly could. And they were going to stop. They they were not going to give up deep shots. You can't throw the ball when it's sub 30 degrees, not deep. And you could talk about Will uh, Levis throwing, you know, throwing the ball all over the yard. He threw five and six yard passes. Most of their most of their yardage was a lot in penalties. And they threw three 
30 plus yard passes the entire game, you know, which so, is which is crazy. Which is, when was the last time Georgia gave up three passes over 30 yards in a game? They gave up a 31 yeah. yarder, a 42 yarder, and a 47 yarder uh, in yep. the year. That doesn't happen. So no, let's let's not act like that that's a you know just something. That's that is something. You know, I, yeah, I can't think. I can't think of the last time that Georgia gave up three passes for that long. Eddie, Jason, how many rushing Eddie? yards? How many rushing yards did they give up today? Uh, I think it was let's see here, eighty-nine. Yeah, eighty-nine. Yeah. Um, so, ten yards so, and a, they only had two rushing, two rushes over uh, ten yards. A ten-yarder in the fourth quarter uh, by Levis, and then a fifteen-yarder by Chris Rodriguez as well. So, so Georgia still makes teams one-dimensional. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, yeah. so this was a cash for clunker game. That's what this was. It was a, a cash yeah, for whatever. Good call. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, Kirby, you could see it from the outset. He's like, he didn't care if we won this game. He could have won this game three to nothing and been happy. Seriously. Yep. He did not yep. care. You think so? Yes. Yep. 100%. 100%. Jason, you, you backing both of these guys? Um, yeah, Kirby doesn't care about margin of victory. Nope. I mean, he, you know I, he I, I, I care. I care because yeah, I bet. I bet they, yeah, you know I bet Kirby cares about Jason. Yeah. Jason Kirby cares about what the opponent scores more than what we yep. score. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, because if you win, and I mean, it's like it's it's all the cliches, right? Which as sports writers and, and people who do this, like we try to stay away from. We hate. You know, allegedly, but some of them are true. If you win and you keep winning and you don't lose, you have a chance to win a championship. You know, and then a you know conference and a national championship. I mean, that's the goal. Like margin of victory is whatever. I just I go back to I remember. Um, I think it was what two thousand two when Ohio State won uh, with Maurice Claret, and I can remember that whole year everybody was like, "Well, this team's not any good because they barely beat everybody. They they would win games by seven points or less every week." So they're the they, new TCU. They're, they're the, the old TCU. Yeah, basically, yeah. yes, they were TCU before TCU. But like their games were just stupid. They'd be like twenty seventeen or seventeen fourteen, and uh, and then they played Miami, and everybody was like, "Oh, well, Miami's going to blow them out." And then they beat Miami, and it's like, okay, well, who cares how they won their games? They just won every game and won a national title. And did they beat Miami though? Well, yeah. I mean, come on, that interference call was. Did uh, they though? I mean. <laughs> Well, then the scoreboard, it's you know they, they have the trophy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so do we, by the way. Yeah, so yeah. do we. That is true. I, I, I just I just feel that um the way Kirby looks at the games is uh kind of the way that Munkin said it in his press conference in the beginning of the year. Somebody asked him a question and it was by one of those other cut rate uh media outlets that was mentioned earlier that D-bag nation or whatever the hell they are. I don't even ah, know. Ah, stop. We're friends with them. We're friends with them. No, ah. we're not. No, those guys are absolute garbage, man. I don't care. They they look, they pander to the vague fan. They, you know, I don't care. I don't care about those guys. Whatever. Anthony said it, not us guys. Go ahead. Anthony. Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. Somebody asked something to Todd Munkin. It was as 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 like as like in your face that you could possibly say somebody said something is like, well, you know, when you call games to win, yada, 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 he goes, I don't call games. He goes, I don't put points on the board to win. I'm not paid to win games. I'm paid to score points. And that, yeah, that and that's what, that's what he said. And Kirby is kind of the whole CEO of the, of, of the, of, of the entire company and says, 
as long as everybody does their job the way they're supposed to and we win, I don't give a shit what we win by. If we smother a team, we, we, we give up 89 yards passing. I mean, excuse me, 89, 89 yards rushing. They're going to be one-dimensional, so we can run a different defense, and that means that they're in press mode. They're, they're always pressing before the game is even close to being finished. Then the defense did their job. Now, did Todd Munkin do his job? I think he did. Did Stetson do his job? Not, no. not realistically. He no, he didn't. I want to jump in here. So I want to ask yeah, you guys please, a question. Please. So Stetson Bennett, that throw to Darnell was overthrown. Yep. yep. I, I don't know. It, watching the replay, Darnell didn't that look like sick. he was running full speed. I don't know. It looked to that me like that's no. The second one, that pick he threw, what was that? What, what is he doing there? I don't know. Those those were two bad plays. And Stetson's yep. got to clean that up, right, Jason? Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about this, I think, in the first couple of minutes of the show. Um, you know, to me, that play, I, I thought Gary Danielson's explanation was spot on. I mean, late, late. Which play? Yeah, the um, did you had did you say which play? Yeah. The oh, the, uh, the one, the, no, the one, the lad. Okay. Um, where he, it looked like Lad didn't think that he had the post because the safety was there. But then Stetson just went late and was like, I'm just going to throw it up. And, and to me, just from, uh, you know, watching it, it, it just seemed like it, it was kind of a forced opportunity. Like, we haven't had a big play. I, I'm going to try it and see if it works. And then, but they weren't on the same page whatsoever. And, and you do put that on Stetson. Like, that, that was his fault. And, um, and then the Darnell one was a miss. I mean, you're going to have misses. But yeah. they didn't really – I credit Kentucky. I mean, I think um, when you have a game where you are running the ball as effectively as Georgia was, uh, and, and clearly you, you saw them – you saw that the game plan was they didn't want Georgia to have explosives and they wanted to shorten the game. And so um, I think there was some frustration there on, from, you know – you know, the, the, you know, from Stetson in terms of like, you don't have those plays open. Um, and then, you know, it, it's funny because it was after that play, you really saw them just commit to the ground game the rest of the way. It, yeah. it, you know, that's, that's working. You know, they're not, they're not trying to stop it. They're not, they're not coming up. And if they do come up, then you can adjust and try to go deep. But um, here's something. You know, that, you that's, yeah, go ahead, Paul. Here's something. When do you think I need a quarter? I kind of gave it away. Maybe I didn't. I need a quarter and a time. When was uh, Stetson's last pass? Third quarter. Okay, you got that right. How many minutes into the third quarter? I have no idea. Ten, five minutes ten, left. Ten, five, five five minutes, minutes left. It was a third down, wasn't it? No, it's third down. Yeah, no, it was a first and eight. He, hit, a, that third, oh. he hit that third down to Dom for 35 yards. Then he went three yards again to Dom. Then after yeah. that, no more passing. So 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes of the game did not feature yeah. a single Stetson minute pass. And Georgia was still able to get out of Lexington 16 to six. That's, that's crazy to me. Uh, but was that, was, was yeah, that Kirby saying, forget it. I just want to run the ball. And usually, just, usually, that's that's the, usually that's the head coach. Yeah. So as effectively as we ran the ball tonight, there was, was there any play action passes tonight? I don't remember Ooh. seeing many. I saw naked boots and stuff. I saw a couple boots, but exactly. Yeah. So Kirby, like us, Kirby didn't care. There yeah. was no play action because that tonight was the perfect night Damn. to run play action, as effective yeah. as the running yeah. game. By the way, South Carolina just scored again. So yeah, I saw well, that. Twenty-eight fourteen. I appreciate yeah, everybody. Tennessee's in trouble. Tennessee's yeah. in trouble. So 
Yeah. Appreciate, oh appreciate everybody in chat keeping us up to date on that. But yeah, but last pass from Stetson. Are, third yeah, you, quarter, five minutes yeah. left. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you guys are you guys are right, man. You know, nobody really I, I'd say top five well, look at it, top five so far tonight has not played well today. Yeah. And the CFP. And also and, this time of the year, I mean, like the bad teams in the first half of the season, they've all gotten better. And you're gonna have games like this. I mean, it's just the way the way the, the sport is. It's you get into this time of year and you have conference games, uh, you know, you're gonna get everybody's best, especially if you're one of the, the top teams in the nation. And we're tired. This is yeah. a grind, right? Dude, I mean everybody's beat up right now. Yes. Cool. Yep. Hey, yeah, shout out to Jason Butt. His quick takes are kick ass, by the way. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I love those, man. Those are awesome, dude. I don't, yeah, I don't try to. I, 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 I try to tell everybody to hit the like and stuff like that. Just like <laughs> awesome. the PAW, just like the PAW show. Yeah, you missed it, Jason. So this is now called instead of the POS show, it's called the PAW. Paul's always wrong show. Roddy came up with that. Mm. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I concur with that assessment. Yeah, you missed that as well, Eddie. You haven't <laughs> called in. Um, so, but here's another thing for you guys. Uh, maybe I can pull this up on the screen. I, I'll see. Um, let me know if you guys can see it in the chat because sometimes it looks better on your screen than it does mine. These are the final stats. And what I'm bringing up here is Stetson's progressions over here on the right side. Uh, so behind the line of scrimmage, seven of seven for 48 yards. Short passes, which is one to five yards. Stetson was four of five for 20 yards. Mid-range passing which is five of 14, five between five and 14 yards. He was four of seven. And then when he goes to deep passing, oh, for three. Uh, so just kind of shows you where Stetson's progressions are there. And, and we've seen this, and I, I would imagine if you put this up uh, against Stetson's season numbers, if we had a season chart of this, it would look very much the same. Uh, the deep passing, he would have a little couple more hits. But a lot mm -hmm. of his passes are on that screen passing behind the line of scrimmage, and that's where Darnell Washington, to me, yeah. is – we don't talk about him enough uh, because he he's like having a six lineman out there. And I want to see the the stats on how many snaps he played, but I would be surprised if he came off the field at all tonight. I mean, dude was yeah. everywhere and didn't even yeah. catch a reception. He's a He is a team player. He's going to test extremely well in the combine. He's probably going to go late first round, I would imagine. Say, I think he's going to be a first rounder. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the guy's resume, it might not be in scoring. It's definitely not in scoring touchdowns, right, guys? It's not in catching passes, which he can do both of those things. But what he does, though, is he leads the way on pass plays, on run plays. And if you don't have Darnell Washington on this team, it might look completely different on offense. This guy, is he doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but damn if he isn't really, really good. What I love about about a player like Darnell, sorry, I'll interject no, here, no, go ahead. is is that he doesn't care. I mean, that was a touchdown. If Bennett lays the ball into his arms, he walks into the end zone. Okay, yeah. but you know what he loves to do? Block. Yeah, he just, he just likes to blow people up, and and that's not a stat. I mean, nobody's like, oh, look at that. That's incredible. What a great play. Nobody cares about that. We do. The yeah. combine does. Darnell yeah. is a beast. He and he doesn't ever say a word about I need more touches or I need more this or that. He just goes out there and plays hard. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Like like the yeah. Anthony, like the epitome of a DGD. 
I would think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. And and I want to get you guys' uh, thought on this. They they always talk about who's the most indispensable player on both sides of the ball. Oh. You could say you could say quarterback. You could say running back. You could say receiver. The most indispensable player on Georgia's offense right now is Darnell Washington. I agree. And that's my, uh, I, I, I don't know if that. what you guys is. I can agree is. with that. I agree. Jason, right. your your thoughts. Um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty uh, big statement, but I mean, I can't really disagree with it. You know, um, I think that, and I I've been saying for a long time that he needs to be playing. I mean, he needs to be more or featured more in the passing game. Yes, and you know, it's I say that, but hey, they're eleven and up, so like, who am who am I to really yep. critique them on that? But he does all the he does he does all the things that we don't really pay attention to in the moment because we're, we're following the ball as the game's going on. And then you right. rewatch it and then you see these plays that he makes as a blocker. And in like, who was it that said he's like us, Paul, I think it was you. You were actually right about this. He's a six offensive lineman when he's on the field. And yeah. that is such a big deal for a running team. Uh, you know, when I, I think it's the giants right <laughs> now in the NFL, they, um, is it the giants that have these, these formations that are like seven, eight offensive linemen at times for yeah. Saquon. And, uh, you know, Georgia doesn't have to do anything stupid like that. You know, I I don't mean that in a negative sense. They don't have to do anything crazy because they have a tight end who is almost the the size of a tackle. And so so there's a couple comments in here saying, you know, what Brock Bowers uh, and don't get me wrong. I think Brock is like one B, but yeah, exactly. Brock Bowers is the best playmaker on the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. But when you have Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers on the field at the same time, the defense doesn't know what they're going to do. Right. They don't know if they're going to run it. So they can bring the heavy package out and they just throw it. They can bring the light package out and they can run it. How do you yeah. let somebody that's 6'8", 270 yards or 70 pounds run past you as a defensive player? <laughs> I, I, I mean, guess just, you, don't, you don't think the ball is going to him, I guess. Yeah, you know? that, that's what I'm saying. If you look at it, it, it physically shouldn't be possible for him to get a step on a premier athlete in a Division One. He's a yeah. He's he's a rare physical specimen, and you know, if, if we've all heard the analogy. It's like if if LeBron played football. I mean, because yeah. he's he's yeah. physically built like LeBron, and but he's he just happens. And I have to play a Brock Bowers end. jersey. I have a Brock Bowers jersey. So whoever sent that compliment or sent that comment, yeah, and it's a cyborg. It's a cyborg Greg's, on the back. It doesn't say yeah. Bowers. It's a cyborg. Yeah, Doctor Greg Steely <laughs> seems to seems to have a problem with what we're saying tonight. He says, "What one B? This has turned into insanity. Zero is good, but come on, we're not talking about playmaking, Doctor Doctor Greg Steely. Everything, uh, it's everything. everything. You you see you see what you you go and look at the replays on most of these plays. Yes, Brock is indispensable, and none of us are saying he's not. You can't lose Brock. This this team would be weird without him. But you go look at the replays and who's out there blocking in front of uh, displacing." You know, the space yeah. he's taking two guys with blocks and Darnell on every replay. You're like, damn, there's Darnell again. You didn't see him. Maybe you didn't see him when the play was happening. But then that yeah. replay, you're like, there goes that man again. You yeah, know? The only thing I'll say about this is I, I wish they would just let Darnell go out in two yards and catch the ball and let him go. Because yeah. one yard behind the line of scrimmage, because when he catches the ball, he's so hard to bring down. So I think yeah. they need to target him more. That's the only thing yeah. I'll say about that. He's going to fall forward three yards regardless. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. tonight Brock Bowers targeted uh, two times, to- three times, had two receptions for ten yards. 
And I'm sure his his run his run pack uh, excuse me his run blocking grade is going to be great too. But Darnell, just I think in terms of and we're we're really splitting hairs here, right? Because one guy does one thing and one does the other. But yeah, they're totally overall, different. I think yeah. I think Darnell. Um, I think Darnell is is you know yeah. one of the best. John says uh, that dude in the left has ripped three heaters in the last five minutes. Yeah, my boy Spano. Yeah, he puts them down. Okay, don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about don't, it, John. All right. Don't worry about it, John. <laughs> uh, Robbie Dadson says, "Where's Roddy?" Also, Robbie, don't worry about it. no. Roddy is uh, up in Lexington. He decided to go on love the field. You, John. I love you, John. Yeah, he he decided to go up on the field and freeze today, Robbie. So uh, he will be back next week for the Georgia Georgia Tech game. Is uh, I know this is a stupid question. I'm not even going to ask. I'm going to look it up. That Georgia Georgia Tech game is it at home? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, it's I like guess that's a stupid question. Well, so, kick in Athens. Yeah, noon kick, noon kick in Athens. Uh, Michael Fowler says, "Ripping darts and speaking facts." He's got your back, Anthony. That's my boy. And then Robert Grout, Robert uh, over on Facebook says, "Love the smoking, smoking in the dark, dude." LOL. See, it's the only, it's the only connection I get where I'm not echoing. Yeah, man. See, there's, there's certain people. Um, there's guys in the chat that we love, and there's guys that come on the show. So Eddie's one of them. Anthony's one of them. Uh, we've got so many uh, that come on the show, guys, and they've become regulars and become friends with us. So like, we we rip jokes on them. Uh, but you know, Anthony, we don't know, you know, what he's up to tonight. You never know what Anthony's up to. You always know what Eddie's up to. Eddie's chilling. Eddie's, you know, he's always low level. Then he, he might get into it a little once in a while. Anthony, he's a gangster. Hey, look, don't get yeah. it twisted. He's a gangster. Man. He's a yeah, Eddie's like the OG. Like he picks up the phone, makes one call, and then you don't know where your car is the next. Look at day. that. Look at that recliner he's got. That's what I'm saying. He's, That's what I'm he's saying. made some decisions in that recliner. But he's then, made some decisions. <laughs> <in that> <laughs> <laughs> he's made some decisions. <laughs> but see, then Anthony's the type of guy that he gets that phone call from Eddie and then so, you know, we don't talk about it. Do we? We don't talk about that. No, Hey, I want to interject here and I'll ask you, I'll ask Jason this question. Yeah. So what do you think their philosophy is right now with AD Mitchell? Is it an injury? Is it a red shirt? Is it, what is going on with that? I mean, if you read between the lines, it's, um, He's probably – I mean, I wouldn't be optimistic about it. And I at least wouldn't be optimistic about it until after the SEC championship. I mean, I don't – I just after don't see – After the SEC championship? I just don't – I mean, maybe for that game. But, like, you would – if he was getting close in the next three weeks, I think, like, this past week, he, he would have offered a little more optimism. It's just – it seems like every week he's asked about it, and Kirby is increasingly – so Kirby's not necessarily one to, like – he he avoids the injury question to a degree, but like when it's not bad, when he when he doesn't feel the need to to try and hide, like he is a little more straightforward with that, if that makes any sense. So like if somebody's definitely coming back, you know, or is close to coming back, he, he's usually forthcoming. Yeah. But it's more so along the lines of when a guy is not coming back, he doesn't want to put that out there, at least right. too early. And you just keep the senses, and I don't have the inside on, on this at all. But you know, just just read between the lines, and it just doesn't. You're not. You don't get that that the warm and fuzzies on him right now. That that he's close, and so I, I think they would want the philosophy is I think they'd want him back asap. 
if they yeah. could, but one you one, one way or the other. Pickens last year, where he plays a couple plays against Tech to get his feet wet, and then he's off and running. If he's SEC. if he can play, if he can play, he'll play. But you know, you're just not getting that that feeling right now. And yeah, you know, obviously, a high ankle sprain. You think? I mean, remember he came back and then he had to leave the game. Yeah. So, you know, there was a potential for a re-injury each week, all that, 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 um, or then you have practice too. And, you know, you just don't, we don't, we don't know. And, and Kirby definitely, he, he doesn't divulge a lot of the, the details about injuries outside of, uh, you know, the general area and if they, you know, are going to be available or not. And usually the first, I think with a guy like AD though, um, we have a good enough, uh, you know, not just here, but but a good good enough group of reporters that cover Georgia where if AD was going to play and Kirby didn't want to admit it, it would still get out. I think it would be on the dog vent the week of. We're, we're, there's just nothing right now that, um, you know, especially based on what Kirby's saying, to, to really get your hopes up at this moment. That's not to say that, um, you know, it could turn, you know, in the next few weeks, but I would – I'm I'm not optimistic for just just based on what we know and have seen right now for the next two weeks. So I'm not knocking the kid at all. Love AD. I mean, legend, great kid. Does he really make a difference at this point? Well, not against Tech. I mean, they well, they okay. can yeah or LSU. Come okay. the SEC championship. Yeah, I mean, against LSU, probably not. Um, exactly. Yeah, but how that, much time? How much time is there? I'm sorry to cut you out. How much time is there between the SEC championship and the first playoff game? About a month, right? Because it's December 3rd. December, well, yeah, December 3rd and then New Year's Eve. So 28 days. Yeah. Four weeks. All right. So, I mean, he, I think he has a, if he doesn't, if he's not able to play in the SEC championship, there's no reason to play him against Tech if he's not, you know, 90, 85, 90%. There's no reason. How much of that, he comes back, the timing. I mean, they haven't been playing together, right? I mean, the timing is completely off. Well, you still get practices, you know, in, in December. Um, and he and Stetson had all of last year, too. So, yeah. I mean, there are guys, when you have chemistry, it's it's not too difficult to step back in. Um, okay. I think it would, it would be an issue if, they, if it was um, – if this was last year and this was a situation where he had all his reps with JT and then Stetson became the quarterback and then he had right. to step back in with, with right. Stetson. I think that would be a bigger issue. Uh, kind of like what you saw with Pickens, where when Pickens did come back for the playoffs, you know, just uh, you know, he came Stetson was the Georgia Tech game last year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he for like two, he came back, played a couple plays, but I, okay. I mean, like to be a bigger focal point in the offense in the no, playoff. Yeah. You know, Stetson wasn't really looking his way, even though he was. He's clearly he was clearly the best receiver on that roster. Okay. I think I think I think you bring AD back, it changes the offense completely uh, because really? we haven't. Yeah, I do. Okay. I really do. Because you haven't seen that downfield, you know, one-on-one guy. Like, they tried to do it with Rosemary Jack Saint. He's had a couple plays here and there, but there hasn't been that guy. They've had to rely on these screens so heavily and, uh, you know, motions and things of that nature just to get the ball out and try to block downfield. So they, they – like Arian, Arian Smith. Arian Smith is a top-off a of defense guy. But, yeah, but AD is more of like uh, – He's, he's like he does a little bit of everything, though. Like yeah. he's a great, he's he's a good blocker as a receiver. Um, he can go one on one, as as we saw in the national championship. He's he's uh, got a good feel for the back shoulder. He's not necessarily like a, a burner guy, but you have to pay attention, and that opens things up for Lad and one on one coverage to where he can take the top off. 
Um, I think Ladd being the number one outside receiver, um, you know, you haven't really seen him, you know, do much. You know, it, you know, he had a couple games. Well, he had the um, Tennessee. He had the double, the nice double move. Um, but you know, it, it's it's. I think the game really opens up more for Ladd with AD. I think think what those two guys do. They're they're different types of receivers. Um, you really do see just a. You see things open up more for this offense with AD back and um and, and just him him being so complete, man. I, I I really love the kids' game. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Anthony? Him him coming I, back, does he make a difference? I think uh because Ladd is a really good route runner and he's got wheels, they only have to key in on one person. Yeah. You know, Dylan Bell Dylan Bell's still a freshman. Yep. Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint can get open, but he's more of a a Michael Bennett type receiver, a possession receiver, which we need. We need to have that. I like that. He's a strong physical guy that'll block downfield now. But as far as a deep threat, if Lad McConkey doesn't clear it and there's not, you know, clear the path and Brock Bowers doesn't get wide open, we don't have another deep threat right now. And that's yeah. not knocking any of the guys. Those guys can run. They know what they're doing. But as far as getting on somebody's inside or outside hip, and if you're even, you're leaving. None yeah. of we don't have those guys right now, you know. Yeah. Lad, lad, will, lad will put you to sleep. Yeah, don't get it twisted. He he's made really really good football players look really really bad. But if that's the only guy you have to worry about, and Brock is on the same side of the field, then you just move everybody to that side for a deep threat. So I get what you're saying. I really do think if Ad Mitchell comes back and can spread the field, and you have two, you have an X and a Y. That 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 really changes the game. But if Kirby knows if he's not a hundred percent, he's not going to put him out there as a decoy. No, he's especially not right now. No, no, no reason to against Tech. And you know LSU will see. I mean, I, I don't if he's not again. I, I don't it, because even if you if you beat Tech and you lose to LSU, you're still in the playoff. I mean, I, I don't see yeah. a scenario where Georgia's not in the playoff. Yeah. So you don't not, you not, really not don't need Aaron. I mean, you don't need uh, AD for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Did my did Eddie go get more uh, bourbon? Yeah, he, he did. Went to go get some more drink. Uh, nice. Well, do you have anybody else in the chat that are trying to get in? I don't want to hog up time like Dane did. Nah, man, you're good. If somebody else jumped <laughs> in, I would kick you immediately, but I don't have you anybody. You savage. I love you. <laughs> no. no uh, here's score update. Eddie's back. Uh, 21-17 Georgia Tech over North Carolina with nine minutes to go in the fourth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You say Wait. Tech over North Carolina? Yeah, 20, 21-17 right now with nine to go in the fourth. Is, is Paul not, Johnson coaching? He's not. He's so not. What? I, I, Paul, I, Johnson I, never, Paul Johnson never scored 21 points. <laughs> okay, so I know it's totally off topic. I talked to a tech guy tonight, and his philosophy was bring in a triple option type coach because that's the only way tech can, can succeed against Georgia – Auburn, Clemson, because we recruit different guys when they run a triple option type type off. Who told you this? A tech fan. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. Not necessarily. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is that the dumbest thing you ever heard? How can tech recruit against Georgia, Clemson, Auburn, everybody else around them, unless they're recruiting different type of guys. It's not going to work. There's plenty of players across the country that you can get. Atlanta's a hotbed, too. I mean, look, 
you if you bring in a good coach with a good personality, we've seen it at, at all these <laughs> random places across the years where somebody comes in and next thing you know, they start getting guys and it takes a couple of years, but they start getting recruits and they start getting players or they're good coaches and they can develop players. You cannot win if you're not like the only the military academies based on style, style of offense that they have to play because you have a four year or was a four year military commitment afterwards. You know, you just have to play that style of offense there. If you go in and, and play this triple option in today's day and age, you're you're going to be lucky to win five games a season. Like you're just not, you're not recruiting good enough players to to play. You're not recruiting good enough players to go against these top teams. You know, Navy, Army, Air Force don't go against you know Power Five programs on a week in week out basis. So, it, 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 but I, I I see what Eddie's talking about though. I I, I do because he understands. I mean, he's saying bring in that kind of offense because he knows they can't recruit against teams like this. They don't, they don't, they're not going to be able to get the players or the visibility or the, the amount of rank that they should get because they're not going to be as good as the Georgias, the Clemsons, uh, even the North Carolinas, the Southeast, uh, the, that little panhandle right there. I, I see what he's saying though. I, I see what you're saying. You're never, you're never going to you're never going to get a top receiver because if, if a receiver wants to, to continue what? playing football, you're still never going. Uh, well, they they were getting guys. They had Calvin Johnson, and then they had Demarius Thomas, and then they brought in that. They weren't running triple option then. I know, but they 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 uh, who, who was it? Uh, Chan Gailey brought in. He was the guy who got the Gailey or O'Leary, whoever it was before Johnson. He was the guy who got. Um, uh, Demarius Thomas, and then Demarius it was the year. Yeah, and then it was the year after that they went to the triple option, yeah. and so they've never had a receiver since. They had even the Sims kid was the Sims kid. Uh, I, I think he might have even been a uh, a uh, a previous recruit who was a holdover. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but yeah, but uh, Jason, you you say all that, Jason, and I, I appreciate what you're saying. That drove us crazy. Kirby had to prepare for that starting in June. Yeah, and and, and because and, be, and and Paul Johnson won with that. Yeah, but because of that, because of that, other teams do that, and then they'll never win four to five games. You know, they'll beat. Uh, I'm trying to think about like Boston College. They'll beat Boston College. Well, Johnson did better than four to five. You games. know, I don't know. He won nine games twice in three years. So. And he beat our ass a couple of times. A couple, of, not our ass, or you know. <laughs> Or, or just you know, or, or the, the game. What game was it? Twenty fourteen was a, was Georgia screwing that one up with the fumbles, and then two thousand twenty sixteen was twenty six twenty sixteen was not preparing properly for for that offense, and then now it's Kirby's exactly. first year. That's but, my but two thousand eight, yeah. But then after that, what they do? I mean, it was that game was never going to be competitive again against Georgia. Well, all right, Kirby's competitive now. Jeff Collins, I know he's gone, but. Or Paul Johnson against against Georgia next. Brink, well, Brent Key is probably has a better chance of being more competitive than both those guys because I have not seen in recent memory. Oh, I think you're nuts. An assistant? Nuts. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the game's going to be competitive. I'm saying I haven't fight, seen fight, a coach. I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen an assistant coach take over a team after a coach was fired and and actually look competent the way that Tech has looked at times since since the firing because this was a joke of a team uh, right. to start this year under Collins. And they my don't look is, as bad. 
my point is if we had to face Paul Johnson in a triple option next week, that's a that's bad for Georgia. Bad. No that's way. Bad. They would have been yeah, practicing for that all year. Line? No. Yeah, no. and it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and and I'm not here we lose the game, Jason, but it's it's Georgia would put up Georgia would put up six. It would be sixty three to ten. Oh, bull crap! That <laughs> would be sixty three to ten. No, because no who is tech? Who's tech going to have on defense? Because what defensive players want to go play on that team where they got to practice against that offense on a week to week basis? Well, they're not practicing. Not, that not to mention, not to mention, uh, not to mention the the lack of exposure you get by playing on a team with that kind of offense. I, I I'm with Eddie on this. Question. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead no. Anthony. After Anthony, I'm going to speak my my, yeah, my piece. Please, go ahead. Please, real quick. Yeah, I want to hear what you have to say, Paul. Here's the thing. When we have to play against a cut block team the week before an SEC championship, that puts every single defensive lineman in jeopardy before we even get there. And if you don't think that if you if you do not think that that is a real statistic, go back and look at it. If you have to play a cut block triple option team the week before a title game, you are putting yourself and your starters in jeopardy every single play, regardless of the score. Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry, Jason. I, no, no, I, no. I, I, I like, I like I that Jason. Opinions. I looked at, I like that Jason took this side of things because I think he's absolutely wrong. Because there's, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's, Jay, Jason's always wrong. The Jaw Show. Yeah, the Jaw Show. Oh uh, uh, no. The, what you said, Jason, you you kind of contradicted yourself, saying that that Georgia would have to prepare for this offense. From the beginning of week one, so that takes away that takes away one or two periods each yep. practice where you have to yep. prepare for this team. It has, been, but it hasn't hurt them. In like the bye week and in the bye week. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But what? what how? When did it hurt them when they had to do this? 2014, 2016. I mean, we're we're under talking. no under Kirby under 2017 okay. to now or 2017 until Paul Johnson left. When did it hurt them did, preparing for this Paul offense? Johnson, when did Paul Johnson leave? Kirby made the blueprint 19, after the right? 2016 game. When when Roquan yeah. Smith was sat Roquan in the back was, and they stacked, they ran the eye like, um, like an right. eye formation in the backfield. Right. Yep. And he showed yep. the blueprint on how everybody that has real athletes that can play a defense, uh, play a defense against a triple option. But that still does not mean that you don't have to prepare for it. That's exactly right. It takes away from something you could have been doing for that week and you're preparing for tech in November. I mean, I, I, I get the argument of what you're saying, but I'm just looking at the results from, from the last, what, two, was it three years that Paul Johnson was there? and Or was it two years? And and Kirby demolished them. Right, but the results doesn't mean that they didn't put the time in to do it. And they still were competitive enough throughout the regular season to where it didn't affect them in any of those games. You know, they well, still – what was it in – um. Because it would have been 18, they still made the SEC championship, and 19, they still made the SEC championship. Yeah. Well, so, 18, 18 was Paul Johnson's last year. So, was Paul okay, Johnson's so 18. So, so it was just it was 16, 17, 18. He lost yeah. the 16, so two years. Okay. So, right, so years. Seven, 17 and 18, he they still made the SEC championship. And they should have beaten Bama in that SEC championship. I don't want to relive right. that. But I, I'm just saying they, they did those things, and you can say it's taking away – Maybe they but lost Bama. Maybe they lost to Bama because they were taking their eyes off the ball and focusing. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that's it. Didn't have Eddie. anything to do with Rodrigo Get missing him, the field goal. You know? Get him, Eddie. <laughs> no, I, 
to to this point, and we'll go on to a different point, but to, to this point, I kind of agree with it because Georgia Tech is never unless they bring in Deion Sanders, right? That's I think they'll get only, a good coach. I yeah. think the I think realistically, realistically, and I, I, I think that Jeremy Chadwell is going to be their next coach. It's the Coastal Carolina coach. That's the rumor, yep. right? And that's kind uh, of a triple option type of deal he runs. It's a different offense, right? Yeah. But very I motion, think motion based, very motion based. Yes. Yes, I think the only way that this team, Georgia Tech, saves itself. The trade school up north saves itself is if you were to bring in either a triple option or like a, a funky type offense called uh, Chadwell, or you bring in Dion, who can come in and recruit the state of Georgia. You put a ton of NIL into it and you, you try it that way, because if not, this team's going to be irrelevant. And to Eddie's yeah. point, Eddie's friend's point, talking about, you know, does Georgia Tech need to go back to the triple option? They need to do something because being a regular football team doesn't doesn't do anything. It's not being a regular football team. It's being a lousy football team with an idiot coach. That's what they did. They should have never hired Jeff Collins. He was a terrible fit from day one because he wasn't good. And and there was nothing, there was nothing on his resume that screamed that he should have been a a coach at a power five program. I don't disagree with you. What's happened now though, is that program's now been pushed back instead of, you know, one or two years, it's been pushed back five. So now they've got to be that job. Who wants it? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, who I'm, any up and coming coach at the FCS, I mean, I'm sorry, not the FCS, the, the group of five level who can go to the power five and want that challenge, they would want it. Sure. But you're, yeah, you're not getting, you're not getting a, a Deion Sanders would actually probably want that job. I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't think he does. You don't think no, so? No. Nope. They went and threw a bunch of money at him. You don't think he'd want the challenge of going to Atlanta? Yeah, go to Atlanta. Go against go to Atlanta where he's where he has a game against Kirby Smart every single year, and he gets to go against FSU who didn't hire him. Yeah. So, so if if all right, let's That's say Neon comes on board, do the players go with him. Oh, absolutely. Yes. His son does. Yeah. Travis Hunter does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the That's guys. big. Yeah. That's big right there. If that. Yeah. You, you you think Dion really told Travis Hunter, "Hey, man, you're going to be here for three years in Jackson, Mississippi, and then you're going to yeah. go to the NFL"? No. He told him, hey, come here with me for a year. I'm going to find another job, a P5 job somewhere, and then you'll just transfer with me there. You're not going to be in Jackson, Mississippi for three years, Travis Hunter. All right, now, are you you going by the fact that Deion's a great coach or Deion's a big name? I'm going by Deion is a big name who his kids buy into – and he can bring in coordinators to actually run the defense and offense, but he is a CEO and a really good CEO at it, and his kids buy into him. So and he's recruiting okay. really well out of yeah. you know historically Andy, black college and the FCS. Infuses, yeah. in, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. He infuses excitement from day one. Yeah, That's and and what and I know we're I know this is a Georgia show, guys, but and bear with us as we ran about this because I like it. What Georgia Tech needs is they're the next opponent. We'll be talking about them next week. We'll probably be talking about, like Anthony said, or Jason said, a blowout, 63 to 10, you know, something crazy next week. Please, that's please, what, that's what Eddie God. needs. Yeah, Eddie needs about 63. Yeah, Eddie needs about 63 points to not give me a stake. Uh, but Did you say 10 points? Yeah, maybe they Georgia score 10 Tech's points. Send, they better not because Vanderbilt hasn't scored any points on us in the last two years, and neither has Georgia Tech. But here's the thing. What I'm getting at is Georgia Tech, for them to be relevant, needs an infuse of talent and they need an infuse of money. And I don't think you going out, like Jason said, going out and getting a group of five coach like Chadwell, who it seems to be all signs pointing to that, is the right move going to get just another random coach. You go get Dion, 
who's such a polarizing figure, but he has popularity. He, like Jason said, he's brought his his recruiting class on rivals last year was ridiculous. It was yeah. unreal for Jackson State. You go get yeah. him, and then you go from there. Um, okay. And that that makes that game more competitive because right now the end of the season game against Tech, you know, might as well just be cut off for all of Ooh. the new millennial people because this game doesn't matter anymore. So, uh, hey, uh, Tennessee's in trouble, guys. Is, are they? Oh, Turnit, yeah, Brandon Turner just hurt. Twenty-eight seventeen, South Carolina. They're in trouble. Yeah. South Carolina's moving the ball too. Yeah. Ah yep. oh, man. Um, hey, at least they were. Hey, at least they were number one for five days. Yeah, for five days. Yeah. Whew, number one. Get them guns. Bingo. All right, I'm, I'm going to get out of here because I'm freezing. All right, Anthony. Ball, so see you, man. Take care. I love you guys. Hey, everybody, hit the like and subscribe. Eddie, you're the man. Remember, Godfather. Eddie, the Godfather. Say it from now on, Jason. <laughs> but you're the best, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care. Um, as long as y'all want, I can bow out no, if you need me to. No, you're good, man. You're good. I think we right. might. Uh, let's go. Let's go around the SEC. We'll kind of do a recap of Georgia, and then we'll get out of here. So, uh, around the SEC today, let me pull it up. Uh, before we do that, I've got a couple uh, sponsors I've got to do real quick. Not that I have to do, but I want to do them uh, because they're good people. So, uh, first off, guys, Eddie knows about this brand. Jason knows about this brand. It's the 76.com, guys. 76.com is the premier spot to get all of your Georgia apparel. It's created by dog fans for dog fans. I'm trying to find the overlay here. There's the overlay for you guys. The boom shirt is so great. Boom. Yeah, you got, you got a boom that. shirt right there uh, oh, together. Awesome together shirt uh i've got this one waiting for the tech week so that'll be my shirt for next week to hell with tech i've got this awesome hoodie here uh mm -hmm. that we got from the seven six with their uh three stripes that's their design they've got the hats uh so just a really good company guys if you use code pos22 it'll get you 20 percent off your order if you want to buy some shirts for uh your loved ones for christmas go ahead and put that order in now uh, you can go ahead and get it before Christmas, and uh, code POS22 gets you 20% off. Oh, touchdown, South Carolina. Sorry. Oh, boy. 35 before 35, the half. 17. And don't worry. Chance would uh, love that you interrupted the 7-6 ad with uh, Tennessee <laughs> losing because he's from Tennessee, <laughs> and uh, he hates Tennessee more than anybody else I know. So I'm sure he would love the interjection into the ad. But, guys, in all seriousness – uh, the76.com is the place to go to get your uh, Georgia apparel. Uh, Michael Fowler said, uh, you got to stop flexing. His wife's watching, Eddie. Please, please put the guns up. <laughs> what, what old man? Come on. That's ridiculous. Put, put the guns up, bro. Uh, as we travel around, as we do every week, let's travel around the SEC, which didn't play hardly anybody this week. Well, and Alabama is, won. They beat Austin P. Come on. That's yeah, why, huge. Why do they why do they do this? The SEC does this in week 12 where they play these crap teams. So to give you guys an example, you have South it's Carolina. A, yeah, it's a, you know, because it's it's rivalry week the, the week after. So you know, Georgia used to do that. They used to usually get like a Charleston Southern or or Georgia Southern or you know when they were FCS or uh you know, a game like that. But um yeah, for whatever reason this year they didn't they didn't have that opportunity. 
So you have this this week. You have South Carolina, Tennessee. You have Arkansas and Ole Miss, which Arkansas right now in the second quarter is up twenty-one to three on Ole Miss, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. KJ Jefferson's back for Arkansas, so that makes a huge difference for Sam Pittman over there. Missouri brought in New Mexico State. Uh, they're up <laughs> twenty-one to nothing. What a you know riveting game that is. Then you've got LSU with UAB. What a fun game that is. Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama versus Austin P. Who man. And that was, whoa, Mississippi State brought in East Tennessee State. They're the Buccaneers, folks, if you don't know. 56 to 7. Uh, Eddie, your, your screen froze there, and it looks like your eyes were going out of your head, but good to see you back. Texas A&M, 20 to 3 against UMass. What a fun I kept, one. I kept seeing a lot of tweets about that game. A&M fans are pissed. They are. They, they are, are pissed. Auburn finally pulled away. Uh, they were tied at the half with Western Kentucky. They finally pulled away and won 41-17. Uh, wow. But, yeah, Texas A&M, guys, uh, speaking of go around the SEC, you think that you think that, uh, you think think they're ready? You think they've got $86 million ready for Jimbo? No, they don't. He's, they're going to have to ride it out for at least another year. Jeez. Okay. Uh, Here's the other question, Eddie. Do you go ahead and just self-report all the recruiting infractions so you Ooh. can fire Fisher for cause? Well, yeah. I mean, they should. <laughs> you just go ahead and, and self-inflict. You self-report all the recruiting violations that potentially happened. We don't know if they did or did not. I'm not the one to say that. Uh, but you go ahead, and re- <laughs> you go ahead and report those, and then you can fire Jimbo for cause. Eighty-six well, million dollars. I have never understood the Jimbo Fisher love. I, I, I've never understood it. It's just if you go look at his stats, Eddie, without Jameis Winston, he's not great. Exactly. One year, yeah. You just one, or two years, team. yeah. One one year with the title, and the other year they got to the playoff, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I, I don't get it. I mean, hey, you know what? That's a them problem, not us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Fowler says if that happens, the transfer portal will be bonkers. I think the transfer portal, regardless, it's coming started, out. Of- hadn't it? Yeah. The the who, exodus. Who's the, who's the recruit that just decommitted, Jason? The number one recruit that just decommitted from Texas AM? Uh was it Walt? I think some people were saying Walter, Walter Nolan. Nolan. I don't think Walter Nolan. No, I think it came from a fake source. I think I don't think it's official because oh, it's not official. Be, okay, Sorry. yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised to see him leave at all. I mean, the mass exodus from Texas AM guys at the end of this year is going to be unreal. So, I mean, so if that happens, guys, does Kirby tap into that or does he? Because let's be honest, he has touted the fact that we've done no transfers this year, these are our guys, these are the guys that buy into the program. But if you got guys that decommit like Walter Nolan, who was kind of leaning Georgia at one time, right, Jason? I mean, he Georgia was in the mix. If he decommits, does Kirby go back this year and say, hey, let's look into the portal and, and try to get some of these guys? Well, that's the whole reason you keep good relationships with, <clears throat> with those players you recruit. You don't burn them when they commit elsewhere because you never know when they might need to come – when they, you might have a chance to get them to come back to your program. And you've seen that with a lot of these uh, – uh, these big programs uh, over the years. And I know that's happened to Georgia too. Uh, uh, Demetrius Robertson is a, is a really good example of that. Eric Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Guys who, guys who uh, went elsewhere and it didn't work out. And then Kirby was like, well, got still got a spot for you if you want to come yeah. back. 
Yeah, but my, my point is Kirby's kind of taking this philosophy that we don't need the transfer portal. We got guys uh, that we've built up in this program, and we've done none of that. Yeah. Well, they didn't have to last year because the team was still strong. I mean, if I, I think it's more of a Georgia's in a really good place where they don't have to rely on it. It's yeah. not a necessity. It's kind of a luxury. It. He'll use it if he needs to. He'll use it, absolutely. Uh, if it can make his team better, yeah, he'll use yeah. it. But you, Georgia's in a position where they can be more selective. And, right. I, you know, I think when you look at the defensive line, when you lose Jalen Carter after this year, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like last year where, uh, you know, you're like, well, we don't need a guy there. We can, you know, let, let's let's continue to develop guys, whatever. And, and you know, our scholarship count is still high. I mean, yeah, if you get a guy like Walter Nolan in the transfer portal, why not? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, it, I think Walter Nolan is a name to watch. Uh, LT Overton, he was that Milton product that went out yeah. early and is at AM. I mean, if there is a mass exodus, Smoke Bowie's another one who mm-hmm. Jordan was mm-hmm. on heavily. He was recruited. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was committed for a long time. Um, there's a lot of guys that AM got this year that Georgia didn't. And from what I've heard, Georgia was like, look, we kept the relationship with them. And if they want to, you know, we'll see them in the portal. We don't have to, we don't have to pay them up front. We'll see them in the portal. Uh, so, you know, you, you go that way uh, for that. Speaking of portal, uh, Spencer Rattler right now going into halftime, 35-17 over Tennessee. A man's got 249 yards and four tutties against Tennessee before the half. This one's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, does because it's going into halftime. Uh, Tennessee's down 18. Does Tennessee come back? Yes or no, both of you. And also in the chat, does Tennessee win this game? Oh, Tennessee comes back and wins because they're the greatest team since LSU in 2000. They, they did just score a touchdown here. Yeah, they're the, they they're the greatest yeah. team since 2019. LSU. <laughs> I never did understand that comparison, uh, especially it was really coming up the week they were playing Georgia, and it's like Jamar Chase was they, – they must have forgotten how good and how great Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were, and uh, Hendon Hooker and those two receivers were as good as they are at the college level. They are not they are not those guys. Um, LSU um, played defense, Jason. That's Tennessee it. does not. That's it. But even then, I mean, LSU, good defense, but, I mean, not to the level of the Georgia defenses the last two years. Yeah, but – That was – that offense was just spectacular. Uh, and right. I think that, like, with the benefit of uh, not, I guess, it being, what, three years removed or whatever it's been, uh, people forget just how good they were. I mean, look at what Burrow and Chase are doing in the NFL right now. It's – it's they, they, those guys are high-class players. And and Tennessee, for as good as they were leading up to the Georgia game, still, they, they did not compare whatsoever in terms of NFL-quality talent on this roster. So to this for this game right here for this for this game right here, it's thirty five to twenty four. I'm assuming that's what's going to be at halftime. It's Twelve seconds left. Does Tennessee come back and win it? Yes or no, Eddie? Yeah, I think they do. Jason, yes or no? I want to say no, but probably yes. Yeah, uh, I'm Mike, I want to say no because <laughs> I, hate them. I hate them, but they will. Uh, Michael know. Clayton says Tennessee does come back to win. He thinks. Yeah. Man, um, as we go around the SEC, 
Ty brings up a great talking point here. Ty two times says, uh, do y'all think UF's loss to Vandy erases any positives for Napier's first season? Eddie, I'll start with you, and then we'll go around the horn. Duh. He lost to Vandy at home. Well, of course it does. I mean, yeah. is, is that rhetorical? I, I'm just, I'm, Eddie, I'm just you're forgetting. Right. You're forgetting Kirby's first year. Happened to him. It did. It did, Eddie. It damn show did. That's actually that's actually a good point, Jason. You're you're right. You're right. But I mean, it's Florida. They're a dumpster fire. Come on. I don't know, man. He's recruiting. He's recruiting at a at a fairly decent level down there. Um, I I was a fan of the hire. I was. I, I thought Billy Napier. You know, these all these group of five coaches. You know, come out and they they're touted as the next such and such. I think Billy Napier is like genuine. I I really like. I like him for him being Florida's head coach. I know people are going to hate that, but I, I like him. I like his personality. He seems like a really good recruiter. Uh, you know, and, and like Jason said, Kirby did lose to Vandy his first year too. Uh, I don't know if, um, man, I don't know if this dampers their recruiting at all because he's done a really good job of like getting some high quality guys in his first recruiting class being the head coach. But I, I do think it it dampers some of that, uh, you know, hey, we're up and coming. You're now having to switch that recruiting pitch to, hey, we need you to be up and coming. You know, right. so, go ahead, Jason. I was going to say that's that's totally it. You you say we need you more than ever. And b- being that it's his first season, you can get away with that. You know, if this was happening in year three, then it's we don't want anything to do with you at this point, at this point. But um. But like, what other positives are there from Florida's first season? Um, I mean, I, I guess I guess they lot. beat they beat Utah. And that's that's kind of the high note, yeah. you know, week one. And but uh, you know, because I think I think with Georgia with, and in Kirby's first year, what they went eight and five. There were still some some moments where you could you felt like okay, well, you got the adjustment period, and you're moving on from the Mark Richt era. You didn't have the depth at a lot of the spots. But you still felt good, and you and you ended on a high note, not because you ended up winning the Liberty Bowl, but because you had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and Lorenzo Carter and Davin Bellamy a- uh, announcing that they were coming back for another year, and you know that moment proved to be probably more important than anything. And and Florida hasn't had kind of that seminal moment where where you're just like, okay, well there's hope, and that's not to say that Billy Napier can't do it, but they haven't had that yet, and so um, that's that's kind of where things stand. Vanderbilt, though, right now, I mean, but the thing is, this Vanderbilt team that beat uh, Florida today is is better than the Vanderbilt team that that uh, beat Georgia. Granted, the best player on that field that day was Zach Cunningham. Uh, so, oh, that was um, a bad dude. That was yeah. a bad man. Like I, I, the fact that Zach Cunningham came out of Vanderbilt is astonishing. Like that, that kid could have played anywhere, and. Uh, but but this at this Vanderbilt team right now is um there there's they, they have a case for being like kind of that up and coming thorn not a nine ten win season type team but a consistent six seven win team that's like just giving people fits because they play tough and they play the right way I think Clark Lee's doing a good job and um you know trying to establish a, a different culture there that that somehow got worse under Derek Mason but um. Uh, yeah, kudos to kudos to Clark Lee for getting these back. Hey, the problem I have with the problem I have with Napier is that I despise Florida with every fiber of my being. <laughs> I hate him so much, and 
he's not a clown. He's he's actually he's not. Yeah, he's he's like a decent he, dude. Yeah, he's a decent guy, and that makes it hard for me because the previous regime was a clown. He wore Darth yeah. Vader mask and yeah. talked all that smack, and I hated him. And we just wanted to bury them. And yeah. and I still hate Florida, but I'm kind of like Napier's yeah. not that bad. Yeah, he's he's not. not yeah, he's yeah, he's not a villain. He's not a he's right. not hateable. He's yeah. not a villain. That's exactly um, right. Breaking news! Breaking news! Georgia Tech twenty-one, North Carolina seventeen is the final score in Chapel Hill. What? I lost Are that. I bet. I bet on Carolina to cover too. That's bad. Georgia. Georgia Tech. Breaking news. Breaking news. Georgia Tech will now be coming to Athens to become bowl eligible. Oh my gosh! What happened? This to game Drake means May? something to those Tech players. Drake guys. May is going to win the Heisman this weekend. I thought what he happened? was too. Drake May went 16 of 30, 202 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. Oh it's that kind gosh. of week. It's that kind of week. I mean, all all hell's break. All hell is broken loose. And but it's crazy because this is the week that it looked like it could be you know upset after upset, and the top four have held. Um, all four got got crazy challenges. But then yeah, Barely. North Carolina. We were, we were at the beginning of the show to two hours ago. We were talking about. How North or Dane brought up like North Carolina, <clears throat> excuse me, having the resume, yeah. yeah, to potentially be the top top four team in the playoff. They got they were winning seventeen nothing. <laughs> they were winning seventeen nothing. Oh my god, they were. Yeah, it looked like they were going to crush them. I was like, well, this is an easy cash. All right, so cash does, does Tech keep does kept does Tech keep Brent Key as the coach? I no. think you might. I think you might have to, it's man. I'm, I'm telling you, to. man. Like he. They're a they're, they are night and day from where they were with Collins and that yeah. remember how this summer you were all, Paul was always like man Jason hates Jeff Collins it's like I don't hate Jeff Collins I'm just, <laughs> I'm just calling it how I see it like that guy is a total doofus he's a total yeah. clown and yeah uh, I mean you're seeing it you're seeing a guy who uh, nobody nobody would have ever thought that you know Brent Key would would put this kind of turnaround you know for how bad they looked early in the year. Holy cow. Wow. So so Tech will come to Athens and the attempt to be bowl eligible. Uh, if that doesn't add a little bit of extra, you know, umph for them coming for that noon kick after Thanksgiving, uh, they if they win, not only do they knock off Georgia, but they then get to go bowling as well. So not saying that that has any relevance to what that game's actually going to turn out to be, but it's a it's a good talking point for Tech. To come to but Athens also, also it you know, hey, this is the number one team in the country. You can have a chance to knock them out of the playoff because if you if you beat them and then right. they lose to LSU, yeah. if they lose, yeah, you you'd be the if, first if step, and then they lose to LSU, yeah. yeah, then they're out. You know, so you have that. Yeah, no, if, hey, if, hey, if Jason, Georgia what? Georgia loses and wins the SEC championship, they're in. Yeah. yeah, Jason, guess what? That's not they're not they're not, they're losing. not losing. No, We're not that's losing. that's the that's the pitch. But Georgia's not right. losing the time. Right, right. Uh, before we wrap up, guys, I told you uh, we were going. I was going to give you the Tech Georgia betting line, and I, I told Jason. I said, J Jason, asked me for it. I said, Jason, let's wait till this game's over. And look what happened. Look what happened. So I'm going to go. It's going to open at do 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 twenty nine and a half. Okay. You want to put one in, Jason? You've, I mean, I, I'm I'm really good at this. Really good at this. No, I, I like where I like where that's at. Twenty nine and a half is a good opening line, especially coming off a, a North Carolina win. Although I don't know if Vegas is going to necessarily take the win into 
account just because they have their own formulas and whatever magic that they do out there to decide what a line is going to be. But 29 and a half is good. Yeah, I like it. You heard it here first. 29 and a half. Uh, but nah, wrapping up the game, 16 to 6, Georgia got in, got out of Lexington. It was a quick, quick CBS game, guys. I loved it. Um, it's like high school, man. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, first half was under an hour. Three, an we, hour? yeah, you talked about three possessions. High school. Can I go off real quick? Did y'all see the Buford Walton game last night? Yeah. Buford Phenomenal lost. game. And Buford finally got upset. That was incredible. Well, well Buford's a seven, Walton. Buford's a seven, a school now. So they're going up against, yep. uh, you know, the best of the best. So, um, yeah, that was, that was an amazing high school game. Amazing game. Uh, 16, six though, for Georgia, this was a, not so amazing game. There was a lot of things that went wrong, but at the same time, Georgia could run at will. Uh, Smile Munden led the team with 11 tackles. Dumas Johnson was right behind with eight. Hey, that's Malachi two games Stark. in a row, isn't it? That's two games yeah. in a row. Yeah. yeah. Malachi Starks had eight tackles, six being solo tackles. That's pretty big. Chris Smith had seven tackles. Uh, then you had Stackhouse with a tackle for loss. We had a half sack given to Bullard and Robert Beal there. Uh, so you got one sack in this game. You should have had two with Michael, but you had the, uh, the hands to the face by Robert Beal. Yeah, so Michael should have got another sack there. But you could move the ball whenever you wanted to on the offensive side of the ball in terms of rushing. You stopped throwing the ball literally with five minutes to go in the third quarter. So, you know, you didn't have to throw the ball, and you got out of Lexington. They're probably close to being back home now. It's 9 o'clock here on the East Coast. They're probably close to being back into town, and they get to go hang out in downtown Athens. So, you know, it's it's a fun time. Just Jason, no, D, just no DUIs. No DUIs after that. No, nah, no. Nah, that's that's all been that's all been taken care of now. There's there's none of that anymore. Uh, <laughs> Jason, not, not what, from one of your better DBs, you know. Yeah, yeah. Jason, what's your uh, final thoughts here as we close out the POS? Uh, yeah, Georgia, Kentucky. I mean, I exp- look six. It was sixteen nothing, and Georgia is one yard away from making a three score game, deflating Kentucky, crushing any momentum. I, I fully believe that it would have had the appearance of a more lopsided outcome had they pushed the or punched the ball into the end zone. And then it didn't. And I think honestly, at the end of the day for as sluggish and as bad as the offense, and I don't want to say bad. I mean, it's all relevant. That's all relative. I mean, but for as sluggish and and as disappointing as the offense was today, I think uh, the fact that they were still able to withstand the Kentucky rally, they, they won today in a different manner than they had all season. Ultimately, the most important thing for this Georgia program is they're 11-0 going into Georgia Tech. They're only the third team in conference history to post back-to-back winning or undefeated slates in SEC play. Um, I think there's a lot to say, a lot of positives in that regard to say about this team as opposed to you know harping on some of the negatives of the performance of the offense. So um, really, like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, we, we can kind of – kind of criticize and just kind of talk about the, the the negatives but at the end of the day who cares you know the bigger picture is still available it's you know you win next week you're in the playoff and that's the most important aspect uh, for this team at the moment eddie final thoughts from you my man so i'll just repeat it when we win the national championship again <laughs> i'm going to look back on this kentucky game and say oh my god we only won 16 to 6 what a disaster 
the national championship was not as meaningful because we didn't play well against Kentucky. You know Ooh. what, Eddie? Who cares? Eddie, you know what's funny, though? This game matters for one thing. Yeah, I know. Your stake. Yep. My stake, baby, because Georgia's not getting to 40 points per game. That is what, for what's sure. the average. What's the average? I don't know. Nobody nobody hit Hold me. Hold on. I'm gonna, we're going to figure that out real quick. You're average you quick, Jason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I, I could see Georgia putting up 63 next week. Yeah, against, we, we need to know. We need to know, Eddie. We need to know how many points you need next week. We need to know that before we get off here. I'll figure it out and text you. Uh, yeah. So we they were 40.6 going into um, last week. Let's see what we are now. Last week, Lord. yeah. Yeah, you're Eddie. Oh. I think you're done. You're going to need yeah. like probably, you're going to need 50. I don't think Kirby's doing it, dude. Yeah. I don't think Kirby's doing it. Oh, dude. He would love to. He hates tech. He would love to put up 50. Yeah. Kirby. It's going wa- like, to be a Waffle House steak for you, Paul. <laughs> no, no. The, the Like Ty said, Ty said, uh, He's taking the under on whatever it is because Kirby wants these last two games, Kentucky and Georgia Tech, to be the fastest two games to get him to Atlanta. Like it, and he did. I mean, hell, this was yeah. this game. I, I, you know, he is not coaching. I'm sorry, he is not coaching uh, blinked, that way. Blinked my eyes and it was halftime. I was like, wow. And this is a that was more Kentucky. Game. That was more than Kentucky than uh, I know. Than Georgia, but I'm though. saying he didn't. He didn't stop it. He didn't stop it. Um, okay, you me, are. Some numbers, we got Jason. it. We got it. You're at 38.4. Oh, damn it. 38.4. So what does he need? Oh, geez, man. I'm not that good at math. Yeah, you, you, that's going to take a lot of math. Yeah. Uh, you're probably going to need, I would think. So you got 50. 11 games. Yeah, yeah you're going to need like 50. It's going to be 60. Uh, yeah. yeah, you need like 50. It's yeah. done. It's done. Uh, Trevor said Trevor said Kirby speed running through the last few games. <laughs> like doing video games. I mean, sure, but but like he would against tech, he would re- I'm sure he would rather the offense go out on five possessions, put up 35, and then they just start running the ball. You know, that's like, what I'm saying. 35 still doesn't get Eddie home, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Can I call bullshit on all this? Because Kirby's just running the ball. It's not hey, fair. Hey, call Kirby. Call the Kirby. Weather, all that. Maybe he'll that's, pay for the stake. But yeah. but it sounds like you're gonna have to, guys. We appreciate it's, it's, you so much. Go ahead, Jason. I was gonna say it's, it's got to hit forty. It can't be rounded up. It's not thirty nine point five, right? Yeah, no. Got to no, hit forty. Got to hit forty. Got to hit forty. Guys said under forty. Uh, but guys, we appreciate you sticking around with us. This podcast will be uploaded to uh, where you get your podcast, so Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and then the whole replay will be on the uh, YouTube as well as UJSports.com. I appreciate Jason Butt for joining in and helping me out with Roddy being gone. Eddie stayed on with us for a while. You know Eddie from Ackworth. Go give him a follow on Twitter. He's a fun guy. We had Anthony on. We had uh, Laser on earlier. And just had a good old time. Guys, before you leave, I would love it if you could like this video. It helps us out a ton with algorithms. And then it also helps bring in other people, other characters onto uh, the comments and things like that. So, guys, with that being said, I appreciate you so much. And go ahead and subscribe to this channel. We'll see you next week for Georgia, Georgia Tech. And uh, we'll see what happens. Go dogs. Yeah. Happening.